from Morgan's Farm to Table Studios, located on County Road 42 in Nicollet and Burnsville, featuring six local farmers. Taste the difference, award-winning. This is The Howl. We would like to welcome everybody to the new Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other, featuring all teams and all topics from everybody's favorite league, the NBA. We are very excited to have everybody along for the ride. The Howl is brought to you by our wonderful supporting partners, Rhyme Sayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, and Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. I am the Kevin Ollie of the radio world, your host, Kevin Draves. To my right is Aaron Gordon Groshong. He is the producer of the show. And seated to my left is none other than Rob Tractor Trailer Hess, and he is the jack-of-all-trades for this wonderful show. First quarter, we look back at the games that were and preview the week ahead for the Timberwolves. Second quarter, again, is our talker segment. This week, with a good dose of both Wolves and general NBA topics, we will also feature another edition of the new segment called Breaking Down the Game, where we examine and explain a rule or play type so you can better understand it going forward. We then finish off with a fantasy draft where we... We'll, uh, where we will draft three fantasy teams live that we can then follow throughout the season. Halftime this week, we feature some tracks from the secret sauce of the Howl Audio, Topper Atwood, whom without this show would not be possible. Third quarter is 2K all day. This quarter is sponsored by 2K, and tonight we continue our 2K dynasties. Listen closely as each week we will have a secret word and we'll be giving away a copy of NBA 2K18 for PS4 or Xbox One on the Nothing But Net channel. Tweet us at the Howl Radio with the hashtag 2K18 giveaway and we will contact one lucky listener. If you are able to give us the secret word, you will win a copy of 2K18 and we will end our 2K quarter with a look at what is new in this year's 2K and give you more reasons to go out and buy it if you have not already. Fourth quarter leads off with a Howell Hardwood history, followed by Can Kevin Cousy. We hope everyone had a good Howlween and we can give you a nice listen as you recover from your candy hangover. It's time for the Howell. Quarter one of the Howl. This is where every week we will review the Wolves week that was and take a look ahead to what is up and coming for our beloved Timber Pups. Now, guys, uh, we saw four games here this week for our Wolves. Uh, It started with a game that we all predicted the Wolves were going to win and win handily. No Miles Turner as the Wolves took on the Indiana Pacers, a game I am ashamed to say that I was at. And this just didn't go well for the team. Well, let me ask you this before we get into how lopsided of a loss this was for the Timberwolves. Did you enjoy the experience at the Target Center? What did you think of the new renovations? Because this was your first experience there, correct? No. So I was not. at the home opener. Oh, you were. That's yeah. Oh remember, we talked about where, this last week. Yeah, okay. I was. We were all at the home opener. Well, let me ask you this: Brain Fart Groshaw. No, 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 no. <laughs> Calm down, Rob. <laughs> so, I, I've been to it now a second time as well. Things were different. Yes. Because so the, the energy level for the home opener was through the roof. It was kind of was thinking it was going to be like that again. And it wasn't. It, it was not threw me out. <laughs> the, the Pacers game uh, from a fan perspective for a Tuesday night was a lot more filled than I thought it was going to be. 
Um, a, a Tuesday night home game in previous seasons had been pretty sparse. Uh, a lot of the lower bowl was full and a, a good smattering of the upper bowl was full. Um, but I got to say from a operations standpoint, uh, the food, the security, better. all of that kind of stuff actually was night and day better for me than the home opener. Fantastic. And the biggest, the, the, my, my biggest issue was a non-issue the second game and that was the the stats seeing the stats on the scoreboard on the tvs they did fix that because that was frustrating we it was like what fourth quarter i think so i found out from from the wolves uh that they said it was a league it was a league-wide issue issue. i read that yes and so i felt a little bit better about that because other people were suffering it wasn't just me yeah Uh, but they had that up and running um the 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 food they didn't run out of there was enough staff the lines weren't that bad i mean everything about game 2 you know home game number 2 um was phenomenal and that that whole staff at the target center should be very proud of of coming around especially from that first game where i know i wasn't alone in my uh in my issues with the, uh, with the arena, they turned it around game two and now Aaron, you were at game three, right? Yes. Against the OKC. So we'll get to that in a second, but you had a good experience on that night as well. Correct. Yeah. You- and let's, let's go in. I want to dive into this Pacers game. Kev real quick is we all thought this would be a win on paper. It looked easy matchup. They're missing what I would say is their best player. Uh, it's it's home, right? Yeah. All things are looking good. The Pacers almost led this game start to finish. If it wasn't for the first part of the first quarter and a little bit in the third quarter, this would have been a wire to wire Pacers domination, which for all intents and purposes, it was. Yeah, right. Rightly so. So at this point, the third quarter, this is what bugs me the most about this in the third quarter. The game is tied, right? You have to try to figure out what to do and win this game. Now, I get it. Jimmy Butler isn't there. Um, you know, Baz Muhammad gets his start, right? Um, the the lineup is, is much different than expected. But you have to you have to win this game, given the fact that you have still Teague Towns and Wiggins out there in a cast of a, you know, a thousand others that should be able to contribute that just didn't get the job done. Yeah, this was, this was a brutal, brutal game for the wolves. Um, the, the thing with this game though, was that the wolves didn't necessarily lose this game. The Pacers won. And you know how the Pacers did that, Aaron? How? By shooting 66.7% from field goal, 45.5% three-pointer, and out-rebounding the Wolves, 48-35. to 35. That That's a stat I read uh, b- before tonight's game. Alan Horton tweeted out that if you look at the wins and losses, they win when they out-rebound, when we out-rebound the other team, we lose when we don't. Yep. And we got out-rebounded by a lot in this game. So, of, yeah, 48 to 35 to be exact. Yep, that's too many. I mean, it's too much. Of, of players that played... I'm just going to say more than five minutes. What was, what do you think the lowest shooting percentage was of those players? The lowest? Yeah. Of players that played more than five minutes. 
Um, I would say zero. Fifty percent. Oh, you, Pacers. I thought, yeah, I was, Pacers. I was sorry. Like, yeah, I was Pacers. Like wolves. Like, so yeah, zero. I mean, if you look at the the minutes played, and and the points that these guys scored, I mean, just absolutely ridiculous numbers. I mean, Sabonis was seven of seven. Uh, Oladipo, eleven of sixteen for twenty eight points. We made Oladipo look like an all star. Uh, Corey Joseph, eight of eleven. Al Jefferson was four of four. Uh, Bogdanovich shot lights out in this game, going nine of twelve. I mean, these guys, they just, they shot us out of the gym. And this goes, but I will say this goes back to the fact that Minnesota has really struggled on the year defensively. So you're talking about taking away your best defensive player and it's just magnified that much more. I just honestly cannot understand how it could be this bad though. At this stage of the game, given the fact that you had a full season with, with Tibbs, that is supposed to be this defensive minded coach this is unacceptable. 130 points is unbelievable. Um, yeah, you guys discussed the field goal percentage shooting. You know, at one point they had, if they would have maintained it, would have set a record against us. Um, still almost, you know, came very close to doing that. It's Let's, troubling to see the defense struggle so bad. It really is. And, you know, somebody... Uh, there's a, a Facebook group that I'm in that just talks about Minnesota sports in general. And somebody on there asked for a hot take. And I said that I honestly don't think this, like our defense is a Tibbs problem. I think it's a player problem. I really do. And but you have to players. I mean, he brought them in specifically for defense. Well, no, I know, but, but well, I'll say the, the, well, there you go. What Rob just said is, is it Tibbs, the coach or Tibbs uh, basketball ops. Because to to your point, if it's a player problem, then it's basketball ops. Because that's but it's both. That's no, but it's got to be both. Because if you're because the coach asks the GM to get the players that he needs to succeed. So if if he gets the wrong players, he's he's both to blame. To, for my money, because it's it's wrong of him to get players that aren't going to you know be able to defend like the coach needs, and it's wrong for the coach to ask for these players if they're not the right fit. So it's kind of a it's a double edged sword. Well, here's the thing. Maybe this is just a part of our process, right? That you establish the roster, you work out these pieces, and then that's what the next leg is, is that we go out and in this draft and in this free agency, those are our targets. Mm -hmm. I just feel like you should install that sooner than later. You would like to see it being implemented right now, but Nonetheless, that's enough Pacers talk for me. The bottom line is defensively, they did not bring it on a night that they did not have Jimmy Butler and the Timberwolves are better than this, or at least they should be. Well, and the to, the last thing I'll just say is the Pacers are better than people thought too. They've been, they've been winning games. So without miles Turner too. And that's the scary you feel thing better is, now than you did when it happened. When you lose to the Pacers initially, I think we were all like, Oh, the sky is falling. And then you watch how good they've been playing. You're like, all right, this team is clearly better than we thought. So at least there's that. Oh, so what's the next game, Kevin? So then the Wolves uh, got on a plane and traveled to Detroit Rock City to play the Detroit Pistons on a game that we all thought the Wolves should win again. And uh, 
guys, it, it didn't get much better. I mean, if you look defensively, it was ugly. They let up eight less points, but they still lost and it was still a complete and utter blowout. Yeah, this was tough. This was a, a blowout of a different magnitude, right? The Wolves, I felt, had a chance to control the game early in the first quarter, and that lead dwindled. Uh, once the Pistons took over in the second, it was basically a runaway from that point on. And and this is the game, if I'm not mistaken, Tibbs came out after the game and said they he didn't like their fight. Um, in them, there was no resiliency. I couldn't agree more. It, I, I don't care if Jimmy Butler is, is playing or not playing. You have to compete. And I just, I did not see that in the second half at all. It, it felt like the team was like, yep, here we go. Uh, we're we're kind of going through the motions. You didn't see that kind of fire that you expect from a team that is fully expected to compete in the Western conference. I mean, we have to go up against top tier teams. Like eight of the 10 best teams are in the Western conference, in my opinion. And you need to beat Detroit. I get it. It's at their new home. It, you know, by the way, their stadium looks fantastic. Um, you know, anyways, it just, this was a tough game for me to watch. I, I was mentally, I was checked out with them because Pardon? I was just like, there's, I'm not seeing anything from them. That's worthwhile. Well, one thing we need to point out too, real quick, Rob, and then you can get to your point is that for the, the Pacers game and the Pistons game, we had no Jimmy Butler. Jimmy I, was I out said sick. Both times. Okay. I didn't hear you. Sorry. What? I don't, I don't listen to what you say half the time, but I think that makes a huge difference. Obviously, um, as Aaron probably said, a few minutes ago. Um, but looking at the pace at the pit, the Pistons, six players in double digits, the wolves only had three. I think it goes, there's a bigger problem though. You mentioned Jimmy Butler not being in the game. I think the problem I had, and this goes back to, I'm going to kind of, you know, rag on fibs a little bit is that I don't think Shabazz Muhammad should started. I think if you were to transition it better, I think Jamal Crawford should have started because he is more similar to what Jimmy Butler is going to give you. And the problem you run into with Shabazz is he's more similar to what Wiggins is going to get you in terms of a guy that kind of needs the ball in his hands is going to slash. You know, I just think and Jim Peterson touched on this during the game and he said he didn't know if Boz was really the best fit with the starters. And here I am. I'm his biggest fan. And I, I completely agree. I think Boz is still better off the bench given the strengths of the current starters. And I think if we would have had Jamal Crawford start, I think it would have looked a little better. Well, let me I, ask you this, Rob. Do you think at 37 years of age, Jamal Crawford can give you a true starters run? He doesn't need to, though. All you need to do is start him. You don't need to necessarily play him starters minutes. So, like, you could still play Boz starter minutes off the bench as that sixth man. I just don't like, I don't know that the way they had it set up, we put the team in a position to succeed. So, so what about the possibility of maybe moving uh, a guy like Wiggins to the two spot in that scenario and starting a guy like Belly? Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Belly's played well in the three. I, so that's another example. I think that'd be fine because, again, you have a guy that plays good defense, is a good, pretty good facilitator, especially for a bigger guy, and he can shoot shots. So Belly would have been another guy, I think, that would have fit really well if you had put him with the starters. What if this is the case? What if Shabazz, or pardon me, Boz, 
had an opportunity and this was Tibbs saying, here you go, buddy. And it, it, I mean, it didn't work out. I mean, it's tough too. It's not, I don't even know how much of an opportunity it is. Cause if you watch, he doesn't, he just doesn't get the ball very often. I mean, he's last on the team for players that play consistently. He's last on the team by a lot in terms of touches per game. I mean, he just doesn't see the ball. So I, I give him credit in these two games that he started. I gave him credit for not forcing shots. He, I felt like he played within the system pretty well. I didn't feel he played well. I didn't think he played poorly. He just kind of was there. If that makes sense. It makes total sense because that's what it felt like in terms of productivity on the yeah. offensive end. Um, what else do you want to touch on Kevin? Well, one thing, one thing that I noticed um, in the last OKC game and our next game, which was also against OKC um, before we get in, in depth into how the game actually ended up, what I've noticed with uh, Thibs's rotation is that he adjusts to the other team very well. And if you look at the October 22nd game and the game that was uh, uh, just recently here on the 27th, our starters, uh, basically all of them played 30 plus minutes. Now, if you look at the, let's say the Pistons game where we're, we're playing a team that's not, as skilled, you see more minutes from Belly, from Gorgie, from Tyus, from Jamal. I mean, those guys all in double digit minutes off of the bench. And you see numbers, you know, 24 for Taj and 29 for, you know, Jeff Teague kind of thing. But if you go into the, like this last Friday game against OKC, where they've got Carmelo, Paul George, Steven Adams, and Russell Westbrook all playing 30 minutes, 30 plus minutes. Uh, Tibbs counters back with Taj Butler, Towns, Teague, and Wiggins all playing no less than 36 minutes. That's because the game's not in hand. No, I, I understand that, but he's, he's also, he's, he's, it's, I, I don't think it's, it's, it's a closeness thing. I think he's adjusting to the other teams kind of, I guess, star status, if you will, in a way. But I'm saying in the Pacers game and in the Detroit game, I don't know that the minutes really mean much because you're not playing your starters as much because the game's over. And so, like, I think I remember specifically in both those games, we went to the kind of the backups, you know, at the end, because you have to at that point. You don't want to. There's no reason to tire out your starters when the game's at hand. The game's over. Yeah, you're not doing a 38, 36, 37, 36, 36 minute lineup for your starting five. I mean, no, I'm talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder home game, um, which, by the way, is the two best games of the season. These two Thunder matchups we've had. Let's let's get into this into this Thunder game because, Aaron, you were there. Yeah, this was this was the game that I think at least a couple of us here. Uh, myself included thought that this was going to be a tough game for the wolves based off of how the game last Friday ended. Uh, we all thought that maybe OKC would have that additional bulletin board material, the quote unquote, Carl Anthony towns, illegal screen. Uh, however you want to see that and, and everything that happened in that game, uh, OKC traveling uh, to Minnesota this was this was a game that a lot of a lot of people were worried about and that the Wolves may go on a three game skid for me. So 
I had predicted we would win all these games. I, I'm always a bit I'm always a bit of a homer when it comes to that. But when we lose those two games and I had a, a few conversations with a few of my friends that are just really big Wolves fans. And I said, I'm telling you right now, I guarantee you the Wolves will win. And the reason I said that is because of Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler sees his team lose two games to teams that we we ultimately should probably win. And Jimmy Butler was there was no chance he was going to let that that slide. And he didn't. And he played one of the best games he's played here. Took that game in hand and said, I would say this taking it. I'm winning it for us. This was his best game in a Wolves uniform. Right. Um, as a starting group, the Timberwolves starters scored, I think, 105 of the 119 points or 100. And, it's not surprising. So trust me, that that starting group got the job done and what you have to look at, and this is uh, this could be the Timberwolves in a nutshell right now. Let's hope they fix this because this is some thin ice that they're on with Jimmy Butler in the lineup. The Wolves were down over 10 in the second quarter. They fought back the way the second half was going. I thought the Thunder controlled a good portion of the third quarter. I kind of didn't like where this was going but then it starts to happen jimmy just continues that pressure continues that lockdown d which he's known for the team is ramping up around him and the wolves essentially steal a win in my eyes on their home court from the thunder and that's the effect that he has that he very well could be one of the most valuable players right now in the NBA because of this. You saw two games ago to Rob's point what they look like without him. What what did we say? No fight, no tenacity, no will to win. Who's leading the team? And there you have it. Now, Jimmy comes back. You're in, in you know. Thankfully, he comes back in time to play another divisional opponent. You know, right here, you got two wins up on the Thunder, one on the Jazz. That's a great start to the season as far as I'm concerned. You got the two duds out of the way, but really, those could be great learning lessons early in this young 2017-18 NBA season. Let's, I mean, let's, we, we, we take the positive and then we got to travel to Miami. We get a nice couple day rest. Wolves get down to Miami and they get play. Sun. They, yeah, they get they get a little bit of a tan. They get so, the warm weather. They're and they get the Minnesota. nice news. You know, you're going to be playing a Heat team that's missing Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. So it's kind of like the Pacers game. You're thinking this should make it simpler, but then you see what happened. Yeah, and this was a game that uh, we watched intently here in the den. Uh, that was very close, and and the Heat led. Basically, almost all of the first half, I think the Wolves took the lead at the very end of the half, and it was, I think, a point at most. And it went back and forth, and the Wolves pulled away the second half of the uh, of the fourth quarter. But then they gave it back. Well, here you go. This is this is what I just finished talking about. Is what Jimmy Butler does for this team because he's on that court. Watching that game progress, it, it was a horrible start, a bad start, almost as bad as you could start. As they settled down, 
and got into the game plan, running the offense, taking better care of the ball. Granted, they got sloppy a little bit in the fourth quarter with it. The point I'm trying to make is I never was worried because I knew Jimmy was controlling the team. Tibbs was controlling the team with those two guys in charge. I could slowly see the wolves pulling that control away from the heat. And that's you, you look at the second half, how things changed. That's when he knew he, he had to win the game for us. He was doing whatever it could do. Granted, he had, I mean, he had a bad turnover in the fourth quarter, but <laughs> really bad. Yeah. Yes. Let's, let's forget about that. Um, I guess that's the point in a nutshell, guys, is he is that stabilizing force for a team that desperately needed a stabilizing force. And this is a game. This goes back to a lot of our wins so far this year. These are wins. These close wins. These are games we lose in the past. We wouldn't be winning them. Yep. That's the big thing for me. And all these wins are coming. They're all like within three points. They're also close. And what what the Wolves are learning is something that you can't just. You don't you don't learn it off the court. You learn it in these games, how to close games. And we didn't have we couldn't do that previously. And now we're finding ways to do that. Now, Jimmy Butler had that one play that obviously was frustrating, that turnover. But in general, I think he's the reason you're him. uh, Taj Gibson, uh, Jamal Crawford. These are the guys that are teaching our young players how to close out games because it's something we couldn't do before. And, and, And to me. If you put everything aside, you know, the defense needs to be better. There's things that need to be better. But as far as, you know, the early season goes, I think in general, we have to be very impressed with the outcome. Yeah, I mean, you you have to be in. And what what we saw out of the guys in this game was was incredibly, incredibly well done. And now they get a couple days off here before uh, before having to move and having to work again. Yeah, so what's what what games are coming up? Uh so coming up for the Wolves here, we've got uh a Wednesday night game in New Orleans as they play Boogie and Anthony Davis and the New Orleans Pelicans uh in a really tough Western Conference matchup. Really tough, really tough game. I'm excited to watch this because I think this is going to be a very solid barometer on how our front court players deal with bigs. Um the Pelicans are rolling in. I think they have the two best big men in the game outside of towns. You really get a chance to see the three best bigs play. Yeah. It's, it's going to be an interesting game. I can't call it. I, I, if I look at this properly, I almost wonder if this is a, a wolves loss. The only thing I'm going to say about this, I, I just looked this up. Pelicans got blown out at home tonight to the Magic. But the Magic, surprising. Are, the Magic are playing way better basketball than people are giving them credit to. I am already a victim of um, underestimating the Orlando Magic on the season. They've already, I, I've been burnt by them. So I don't necessarily think that, you know, that's some foreshadowing for what's to come. My point is just, I think all road, most for the most part, all road games are pretty tough. I think this is an instance where you're playing a team coming off a, a tough loss, you know, to the magic at home. They're going to really be out for blood. So it's going to be tough. But early on, at least the Pelicans, I think we're a superior team to them. Bottom line. Right. Right now. Anyways, I would say. 
Yes, this is a game we should win, but I think it's going to be difficult. Kevin, I want to get into this uh, back-to-back, this home back-to-back that we have coming up for the weekend. Yeah, the Wolves will have uh, a a couple of uh, different ends of the spectrum point guards in this weekend's matchup. Uh, First, they take on uh, the rookie and the Dallas Mavericks here at home on Saturday night. This should be an interesting uh, point guard battle for the Wolves here. These both need to be wins, though. Oh, yeah, they have to be. Uh, You cannot. It's one thing to lose on the road, you know, to a team like the Pistons, but you can't have another Pacers game. This these are two games that you need to win. You're better than the Mavericks. You're definitely better than the Hornets. But Saturday's game is going to be a fun game to watch. You're right, because Dennis Smith Jr. coming to town, uh, arguably maybe maybe one of Dirk's last games. This is this is definitely a must watch. Yeah, if you got a Dirk jersey, bring it out. You know, I wouldn't I normally don't recommend wearing the other team's jersey, but if this truly is the farewell tour, he deserves it. Uh he's a legend yeah, in the game. He's a Hall of Famer for sure. It. And yeah, this could be your one of your last chance to see him uh in person. And like Rob said, uh one of the hottest tickets in town will be Dennis Smith. Dennis Smith Jr. and what he brings to the table. You'll get to see him firsthand how flashy, how fast and powerful he is on the court. Um this will be a win for the Timberwolves. I like it. I'm in the I'm on the uh win train as well. And then the next night they take on the Charlotte Hornets. Uh this is uh Kemba Walker. This is a completely different end of the spectrum. This is a well-established top tier point guard in the NBA. You add guys like, uh, I mean, Dwight Howard is on this team, which I know none of us really are huge fans of him, but um, he does, he does bring an aspect of the game that can be challenging for some big men. And then you got a guy like Frank Kaminsky who can shoot the ball from three pretty darn well for a big guy. Yeah. Frank, the tank is that exact, uh, modern NBA big that can stretch the court. The Hornets will be into town with Kemba Walker, who is a fantastic player. May I add would look fantastic in a Wolves uniform. If Teague's uh, two year plus player option deal goes uh, awry at some point. Um, I'm just a big Kemba fan. This has to be a win for us because I'm expecting big things. I think this is a three and all week. I, I think this is a chance for us to stack some wins in the column because that following week, I know we're not previewing it now, is uh, a road game against the Warriors. And this is these are games you have to win, especially to make up for the fact that you you lost some earlier games that you should have won. The Pelicans game, that's probably, you know, going into the season, that's a game you probably said, well, I could see us losing that. Well, now that you lost some games that were winnable, you have to find a way to win some games that are a little more difficult. So I think the Pelicans game starts that off Mavericks game. And now the Hornets game we're on. I just think those are a little easier. So three, and zero is not only doable, but I, I really feel like you need to have those three wins to make up for how you started the season. Well, and, and not to look too far ahead into the schedule, but if you look at, um, you know, just games consecutively on the schedule, the wolves actually don't have it too terribly bad. I mean, they play a good team uh, like the thunder and they play a team that's a little bit below the radar, like the heat. Um, 
you know, later on in November, um, they have a tough two game stretch against the jazz and the Spurs, but you're sandwiching that in between the Suns and the Mavericks, two very winnable games. Yeah. So I the, think we've the, been pretty fair with the schedule. The, the toughest stretch for the wolves really comes, uh, at the end of November, December, when you go, OKC Clippers, Memphis Clippers. I mean, that's probably, that's the, the toughest got- stretch that I can see here, uh, until 2018 uh, for the Timberwolves. So the thing to always keep in mind is that no team travels more than the Wolves each year. They're literally the number one team every year in terms of distance traveled. And part of that is because of the location that we're in. We're kind of right in the middle between the West and the East. So you end up having to travel the most of anybody. Uh, so Jersey watch 2017, and then we'll end this with the second quarter uh, real quick. If you want to check out the new Wolves lime green uh, statement edition threads. Your first chance to do so will be Saturday, December 16th against the Phoenix Suns. I'll touch on that more home game, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. That's a home game against the Suns. Nice. Yeah, uh, it's a fun. Saturday night. That's the first time it actually says on the wolves website. Uh, if you go to the schedule, what jerseys they're wearing. Um, nice. yeah, and get, so it looks like look. they're only wearing that Jersey about five or six times this year. So uh, you can definitely check that out. But yeah, December 16th, uh, let's get into the second quarter. Uh, I'd love to play shot clock this week, but we're going to, uh, uh, we'll hold off on that for next week. Before we get into the second quarter, uh, this week's first intermission will feature an artist with some very, very good guitar stylings. Uh, you can find him on YouTube. His name is Andre Antunes. Is that right, Rob? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and this is his I Feel It Coming guitar jam. Again, Andre on tunes with I Feel It Coming. Uh, quarter two coming up on the Howl.
quarter two of the howl, and it is time for our fantasy basketball draft. Uh, Aaron and Robin, my myself, are all on our computers, and we are uh, we all join the same snake draft on ESPN Fantasy, a uh, little eight team league, just for the fun of it, for a little bit of pride. And we are currently in a draft. Uh, Aaron has the number three pick. And I I'm have, gonna pick my player. Is that okay? That's fine. I'll let you keep going, but I'm just for right now. Oh yeah, I was I was just gonna set it up real quick. Aaron's got the three pick. I have the four, and Rob has the six. We're playing against people that uh, that we don't know. So uh, with the third pick in the draft, Aaron Groshong. Russell Westbrook, because why wouldn't you? That is the bad man. I had him last year. He led me to the championship. I'm putting him back on the team, re-signing him to that mega deal that he received in the offseason. Russell Westbrook is a part of the Lakeville Tropics. Uh, with the fourth pick, you know, I've I've got a really tough pick ahead of me here. There's a couple players that I really do want. You know, I, I got to go with him. Uh, with the number four pick in the draft, Rudy Gobert, Aaron Groshong sucks forever. Chooses James Harden. That's your team name. Yeah. My team name is Aaron Groshong sucks forever. You are so bitter. It's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, so the fifth pick uh, took Steph Curry and Rob Hess is on the clock. This is tough, but uh, I think I got to go. Uh, yeah, I'm doing, I'm going LeBron going with some, the LeBron. He's wow. Got the position flexibility, which I like. I, people underestimate that in fantasy basketball because it just it gives you a big advantage. I think it does. It really does. Uh, so the number uh, seven pick is picking. He went with Durant and to round out the first round, uh, the uh, cleverly named team seven will have the eighth and ninth pick. So just kind of while we're waiting for Rob to pick again here, pretty straightforward, 13 players on the roster, uh, three benches, three utilities, uh, point guard, shooting guard, small forward center. And then the generic guard and forward position, uh, no injured reserves. And we're already a couple of weeks into the season. So we kind of know what people can do yep. and uh, injuries can play, uh, play an effect in this as well. Uh, looks like whoever team seven is may auto draft. Good news is after round one, it gets flipped over. So then they just get the auto picks, yeah, which so is fine. Snake draft for the, uh, for the autos. But otherwise I think other than team seven, everybody is here. Yep. And to be fair, I like when there's some auto draft, not a bunch, but when you have like one or two guys, it's not bad because in the most cases, sometimes they get like an injured player or they get stuck with guys that maybe don't have the ceiling that you, you get if you can kind of search out players. Oh, come on. You just, I mean, it's just anybody that drafts on auto. It's basically like, okay, well that's one team. You don't even have to worry about it just makes it that much Cause easier. Cause they end up getting some guys that just aren't that good. No, I like that don't that aren't. Cause part of the thing too, is generally most people that auto don't actually go in and rank players themselves. They just go with the ESPN ranks, which as everyone knows, uh, the ESPN ranks are based on, you know, preseason rankings. So it's not like they're going to have projections. You know, exactly. It's all projections. Yeah. So uh, with the eighth and ninth, Carl Anthony Towns off the board and then the injured Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Uh, so we move into the second round. Kawhi was the first pick. Uh, so it is team one. And then Rob, uh, let's see, DeMarcus Cousins now off the board with the 10th overall pick. All about that Baz. Rob Hess, make your selection. All about that Baz has got to go with the Joker. Nikola Nikola Jokic. Jokic is off the board. All right. 
I am uh, next up on the clock. This will be a little bit of a tough pick for me here. There's a couple players that I really do like in this uh, in this spot. I think there's one name that stands out. Is that the number 17 overall? Jimmy Butler? It may be. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's that's the one that I was looking at, but it depends on who team butt is taking. Is it really? Oh, my gosh. There's a team. butt. I think it's team. I think it is actually team. But uh, let's see. Yeah. Team. But <laughs> uh, oh, Aaron changed Aaron, his I name. Yeah, I was just going to say, Aaron, I didn't know you changed your name. <laughs> Aaron changed his name to the Lakeville 10 pointers, which doesn't make any sense. Uh, much like Aaron's basketball game. Uh, Kyrie Irving off the board with the number 12 pick. So that leaves it to me. I like Kyrie Irving in that spot. This is this is tough. I think the best part about uh, his team name, by the way, Aaron, is he spelled your name wrong. <laughs> he has three A's in Aaron. <laughs> it's Aaron. Oh, did I? oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Okay, uh, I am going to go with the point guard from Washington, John Wall. John Wall. That's a solid pick. That's a great pick. See, I I would give strategies out, but I don't want I don't want to take in my players. Uh, the Lakeville ten pointers are on the board now. Why? What do I do? So, by the way, can I, I can I just ask a quick question? Yeah, sure. Ranked twenty third overall, Draymond Green is listed on here as a small forward, power forward. Did he not play enough games at center to get that qualification? I don't think so because he was last year. He was all three. Yep. Same with so another guy that's that's not listed as uh, he was actually as, I think listed as four players last or four positions is PJ Tucker. Yep. Cause one of the only reasons I had him on my team last year was because he had that crazy flexibility. Yep. yep. So you can play him all the time, but they took that away from him. Now oh, when he's- oh, the pick is in for the Lakeville 10 pointers. Aaron, make your selection, please. Hassan Whiteside, you know, why not? I need a, I need a power for, you know, why center. not? Cause he's hurt. Yes. Well, yeah, but that's why not. They don't know when he'll be coming back. It's going to be hurt. For uh, Andre season. Drummond off the board at 15. A player that probably would have been a little bit better for Aaron. Jimmy Buckets is still available. That's a little interesting. That is. So is Rudy Gobert. Well, Rudy Gobert, the only downside to Rudy is he doesn't have that position flexibility of power forward center. Yep. But at the same time, there's not a lot of great centers. There really is. As far isn't. as fantasy goes. So I agree. I'm surprised. I mean, he's Kat, not there. Drummond, Boogie. And Rudy. I mean, those are really the four guys. Maybe Marcus Jokic. Gasol, Jokic. Jokic. But other than that, yeah, I mean, you don't have a lot of yeah. good, good centers. So if he's available, I think I got to go with Rudy Gobert at my pick. I mean, if he's there, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't see how you can pass. Nobody is auto picking before my pick. So if he can be if he can be there, that would be really nice. Although but we'll the, see. The guy picking now is a little slow. He is. Maybe he might good, be. There's some good names on the board still. Oh, he went with Dame Lillard. Wow, it took him that long to do that. That's amazing. Yeah, it took him that long to basically take the top guy. <laughs> Let's see. He may he may go CJ McCollum here and try I, to. Uh, I would love if you win CJ McCollum. That would be amazing. Have the Dame CJ combo. We talked about this earlier. Aaron was saying uh, a guy in your fantasy <laughs> football league has Deshaun Watson, Hopkins, and Fuller. I just think that you're kind of going all in. A, the handcuff, but it, I mean, it's I a handcuff. It's it's well, a, basketball is a little different. Yeah, I mean, you can, you know. Most teams nowadays have a big three to, you know, let's some not as big as other big threes, but they do. So, you know, adding a Dame Lillard, CG McCollum and, you know, picking up maybe one of the power forwards or centers, but, you know, 
if you had just those two, I think you get enough points on a nightly basis where it makes sense. You can play both, no problem. And you get position flexibility, which is nice. At least in the column, anyways. This is, uh, oh, here we go. And he picked CJ McCollum. He did it. He what, handcuffed. What? That's an interesting That's pick. It's a long way to just take two Blazers. Yeah, it was like five minutes. Because I of- feel like you were just going to do that to begin with. All right. Uh, so somebody whose team name is I Deserve Boogie and AD, who I think consequently picked Boogie and Anthony Davis, uh, is up. He went out of his way to pick Anthony Davis with the number two pick. I mean, Anthony Davis is, is a solid player. A, I, I would take him that soon. But, I mean, he's a solid player. He's a I mean, clear New Orleans homer. Yes. All right. And he is picking. I wonder who he'll go with. I, I don't think. Oh, he just left the draft. See, and he's joined uh, the draft. Yeah, he's probably one of those guys playing from the mobile. Yeah. I will say that when you're on ESPN, you get a ton of people that just jump in and out. Who so, do you guys who do you guys think he goes with here? There's still some good options left. He's got I, his big men. I think he's got to go small. It's tough because there's guys still available that and this is kind of what we talked about when it comes to the the auto pickers. But, you know, if you get stuck with like Hayward or, you know, Chris Paul, guys that are hurt. Now, Chris Paul is not out a long time or anything. I don't He think. went Otto Porter Jr. with the 18th overall pick. He was really good for me last year, but that's way too early for that. He's like a fifth round pick at high. Huge like, stretch. You look at some of the names that are still available. Like, I mean, you have to take Rudy Gobert, Kevin. If he's oh, there. guess who's up now? Oh, no, Aaron Groshong with the pick. Uh, the 19th overall pick. Aaron. Yeah. Boom. Boom. He Jim, went Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Buckets. Jimmy Butler. I could not. Uh, I could. I could not talk him out of. Yep. Uh, well, we know you're taking. I thought you guys were going to pick him up last. Gobert, go round. home, Kevin. I'm, Gobert, go home. I know. I think I got to go this long to the third round. I got to go. Go bear. I got to welcome to Aaron Groshong. No, sucks forever. Team, but I'm hoping he doesn't take my guy. Mark Gasol off Oof, the board. Yeah. Getting that, getting that center. Good luck with that. I'm taking my guy. Draymond green. Love the value there. I think in the third round, Draymond Green's an absolute steal. Cause he's going to get you everything. He gets you yeah. just a ton of stuff. Well, stats. you picked him. You picked him basically one ahead of his draft value. Oh, and Chris Paul and Paul George off the board to Real our pick. auto draft. Paul George was who I was looking at with the Jimmy Butler pick. I think he's Butler's a better Butler's a better pick. I, I think that I think you made a solid play there. Ooh, it is me now. Ah, this is tough. Some great players available. Yep. Uh, Beal, Kemba Walker, Kyle Lowry. Ooh, I do need I do need a point guard Mike, too, but I just Mike think Conley. I think there's better players available that aren't point guards is my is my only issue Kemba Walker was good for me last year he does kind of a little of everything I I, that's a tough call though you know what no it's because I have to pick it's so long before I pick again I got to do it I got to go for star power we're taking Chris Stops Chris Stops Porzingis off the board with 20 at pick 27 Uh, Carmelo next and oh it is me all right with the 29th pick all right, I gotta get. I gotta go with somebody here that I think is just gonna be one of those guys that can help me out down the run. I, I, I need a multi multi positional player. Are you going Turner? I, how long is Miles Turner out? That I don't know the answer to. And that's what I'm trying to figure out, but it won't let me open up the uh, 
the draft queue to see him. He's kind of day to day, if I recall. I think you're fine with taking him. I mean, if you want that position flexibility. I think I just got to go with uh, a guy from from a team that I'm actually a, a pretty darn big fan of, uh, and that would be uh, Chris Middleton. I saw some bucks. Uh, actually, shout out to Adam McGee. He's on the Nothing But Net channel. He's with the Win and Six show, the Buck show, and he was talking about how he wonders if people are going to start calling for someone else to start because uh, they have Minnesota's own uh, shooting guard. Can't think of his name off the top of my head now, but uh, he had a good game this Rashad weekend. Vaughn. Thank you. Yeah, Vaughn. Vaughn looked real good this weekend. And so he he speculated some Bucks fans would call for Middleton to to not start anymore. So wow. We'll, well, that's we'll a take it. I'll, I'll take him for not right that now. He thinks it should happen, but just that he figured some Bucks. Fans well, would the call contract wise, it's it's a huge difference. And I'm on the clock now at this point. You know, you have players like Bradley Beal, Kim Gordon Walker, Hayward, uh, uh-huh. Mike Conley, DeRozan. I, I need a center, so I have to go with the best center available. Oh, Miles Turner all the way. And boom. Joel Embiid off the board. Yeah, I was hoping you didn't see <laughs> I was going to take him next. The process. Yes, it's a process. All right. Victor Oladipo off the board at 31. Who's having a great season, by the way. Yeah, he's been solid. The the Pacers, as we saw when they beat us, I mean, the Pacers have been one of those shocking teams that have really played well, and Oladipo was a huge part of that. He's been really good. All right, so we're, we're killing a couple minutes here because uh looks like I'm the next to pick, correct? Yes. The second quarter here on the Howl. This is uh, Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Thanks for tuning in. This is our second quarter fantasy basketball live draft. Uh, we just decided we're going to jump in, do some live drafting with you guys, and see what you think. You know, tweet us uh, your teams this year uh, at NBN Dash Radio on Twitter. Let us know who you're working with. Do you have trust the process on your team? Do you have Westbrook? You know, are you sitting with a Dame McCollum backcourt on your fantasy squad? Let us know. Um, it's going to be a while before I pick here. This 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 guy's slow motion. Yeah, he's taking his time. I think he's drafting on the mobile too, which is uh, slowing us up a little bit. If I was him, I'd just grab Bradley Beal and call it today, or Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker, in essentially what is our fourth, you know, thirty fourth, thirty fifth pick here is still available. I mean, he's a really good player at that position. And there's good point guards are available at this stage. There really yes. are. Ben Simmons, 32. Oh, I can't believe someone took him already. Dang. That Wait. was, that was going to be my guy. Rob got sniped. He's been great back. in fantasy. He's really been good. As everybody will notice almost all the good players, Rob's guys. Oh, I was going to get that guy. Oh, that was my guy. But sleepers that you don't always, not everyone pays attention. That's just it. I mean, Ben Simmons, if you're watching, of course he's really good, but he's not ranked that well in ESPN fantasy. As far as the app is concerned, obviously stats wise, he's been one of the top players. Hmm. I think I got a ton of options here, guys. I think you do too, but you only have 40. Uh, oh no, you're not even on the clock. This got, guy's picking again. I got two. He's taking his time, that's, which means he's searching. Yeah. He's, he's that, digging deep. That's the Dame McCollum guy. He takes a long time for his picks. I think he must know who he wants. And he just like, they're all guys that aren't, aren't ranked as high as, as, as you'd hope. 
he just ultimately ends up basically picking the best available player, which is so bizarre. He's done a really good job, actually, of of picking. I, I mean, I'm not sold on the whole Blazers angle, but again, I feel like you you're fine to play both those guys on a nightly basis. They're going to get you points. He's about to be auto picked, which is funny. I, I will say I appreciate. Oh, there he goes, Kevin Love. Yuck! He wasted our time for uh, Kevin Love. Darren Collison off the board. Darren Collison. I think that's the same dude that took Oladipo. I, I think we've got a Pacers, a, a Pacers homer. Absolute yeah, yeah, right. gift coming my way. In the terms of the 22nd ranked player by ESPN for this year's fantasy basketball season, I grabbed him at number 35, Washington's own, and. Uh, Bradley Beal comes to the team. There you go. Welcome. I needed to fill that guard spot and I just couldn't pass it up. It was too good to be true. Still. Yeah, I haven't drafted any guards yet. I might want to, I might want to get on that. I've got some good, uh, good quality forward guys though. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not too worried. Oh boy. I got a tough one ahead of me. There's a lot of point guards. I, I have a great point guard in John wall. I need a guy that can uh, grab Turner. You almost took him last time. Grab him now. It's a no-brainer to me. Or Paul Millsap. I know that's what I need. I need a power forward. I'm thinking Paul Millsap's fantastic. I I think I got to go with Paul Millsap. Yeah, I think that's a solid pick. I mean, he's an all-star for a reason. You know, there's a reason why the Denver Nuggets pulled him out of Atlanta. Pair him up. I'm taking Turner. Miles Turner. Turner's off the board. There's finally. other guys that I, I liked, but I just I felt like he was one of the best options where, where I'm picking. And our auto draft guy got Gordon Kyle Hayward. Lowry and Gordon, Gordon Hayward, Hayward finally off the board. <laughs> finally, like we were waiting. Yeah, we were waiting for the auto draft guy to come around. All right, lots of great players remain. Uh, top of the board right now, Mike Conley, Yusuf Nurkic, Eric Bledsoe, and Brooke Lopez. I'm gonna, I'm definitely going to go out of left field with my next pick. I am looking forward to that. Clint Capella, the 42nd overall pick to Rob Hess. No, I can't do it. I got to, I got to. It's the guy. The guy I was looking at is way too far. Did you see? <laughs> yep, I saw the <laughs> He's name. He's way too far down the list. I like that don't though. Don't say it out loud. Nope, I'm not going to say it. I like Gorgie? that though. We don't want Aaron stealing my. No. What did he say? He said Gorgie. Ugh, yuck. Right. Gorgie's been absolute garbage. You know what? Uh, I don't have anyone from this team. I don't mind it. I need a point guard. I'm taking Mike Conley. Mike I just think he's Conley. a pretty good value pick. Like it. Yeah, Mike Conley at 43 is... Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge coming off the board next. You could do a lot worse. Uh, That leads me to a guy that I uh, am glad to have on the team. Uh, Just a huge welcome. Yusuf Nurkic? Andrew Wiggins. Oh, good call. Good pick. I'm surprised he was ranked lower than Jeff Teague. No, he's just a shooting guard. That's goofy to me. Because he plays both positions. He should he frequently. should be both, yeah. That was the exact uh, guy I was gonna get. So I'm I'm Aaron Groshan on the board. I'm in a bit of a scramble mode here. There's two names here that I'm hoping so for those, one of his one is available to me because I'm gonna pounce on either one of for them. For those people that don't do a lot of fantasy drafting, I'll give you some advice. When you go into a fantasy draft, the key, especially in the later rounds, you want to have like four or five, maybe six guys that you're comfortable drafting. So that when it comes to your pick, you're not pulling an Aaron and you're having to take all your time because you're not sure what you want to do. Right. Well, I'm sure what I want to do, but 
I don't really want to do it. So well, that made sense. <laughs> so I'll take teams that are going to lose to Rob Alex <laughs> for five hundred. No, <laughs> uh, Devin Booker off the board. Ooh, that's a good pick. He's too good. In a couple of my other leagues, I had someone that was like gung ho about trading me Devin Booker. I I like Devin Booker, but I just don't love Devin Booker. That's kind of the way I look at it. Can you really trust the Suns too? I I don't trust the Suns. That's my no, problem. you really can't. That's half of the equation. Like right they've there. got players I really like. Uh, I have Josh Jackson in one of my fantasy leagues, and I went. I was close to dropping him, and I was like, oh, I think I got to keep him. And he's been solid. He's getting me twenty plus points a game. That's pretty good for a guy you're getting in those later rounds. That's the thing about fantasy basketball. It's like anything else. The key is going to be your sleepers. Those late round guys that that you find a way to get value yep. out of. All right, let's see who's uh, who's up drafting now. It is uh, I deserve Boogie and AD drafting at the end of round six. So, so we just, are moving along swimmingly. So, uh, you know, just to kind of go over some names that are some big time names here that are still available. You know, as far as the Wolves are concerned, Jeff Teague, we've got there. You still got some pretty good players, Eric Bledsoe. But again, you know, we're talking Phoenix and how much longer is he going to be there? Plus, he's always hurt. You've got Brooke Lopez, who's who's a decent player for the Lakers. But again, you're talking Lakers. So you have some value. But again, you're starting to see where there's a big difference between even just last round and this round in terms of talent of players. We've definitely reached a tier that is below and anybody that's tuning in right now, we're in the sixth round of a fantasy basketball draft here in the den. We decided, you know what, let's just join a league on ESPN's fantasy basketball website, jump in, see what we could get ourselves into. It's going along swimmingly. And I think the next to pick is myself, um, I'm four picks out, so we got a few minutes here to go over who's available on the board. Uh, we got a back-to-back pick here. This team, uh, we don't know him at all, but he's got the the backcourt of Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum. He's also got Giannis, Ben Simmons, and Kevin Love. Wow. I would say it's a really good team, but then we just told you he has Kevin Love. Yeah, I, I don't get and he like really searched to find love like that was a guy he really wanted on his team. And and again, I'm not saying Kevin Love's a bad player. What if it is Kevin Love, you know, that would not surprise me. He <laughs> likes himself quite a bit, so he probably drafts himself, right? Like he's got to. And he's notorious for taking it down to the final seconds just to pick a player. Yeah. He he likes to take his time. Well, the the Blazers picks were the ones that were goofy. So some more advice. Don't do this in fantasy. Don't spend the whole two minutes sitting there and then just take the top guy. He took Tobias Harris. So he's he's searching out specific players. But I feel like if you really wanted that guy, you can sort these by team. Oh, yeah. And position. It's not and hard. You could, and honestly, you can wait on Tobias Harris. Uh, Evan Fournier, DeAndre uh, Jordan off no, the board. Who's IDBA? Again, snipe DeAndre Jordan goes 50th overall. <laughs> IDBA, his 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 name is I deserve Boogie and AD. <laughs> Takes the guy that I hoped would be mine. DeAndre Jordan in him again. Yeah. What? There's better centers. Take Nurkic. No, I. DeAndre's rebounding is through the roof. His field goal percentage is through the roof. That's what I was looking for. And now again, I am in scramble mode. 
I don't know what to do. Oh my goodness. This is your own it's fault. Not that hard, Aaron. There's so many good names left. There are. What are we even doing here? Just pick someone. Yep, I'm going to. Take Al Horford. He's a good center. Goran Dragic. And thank you, Rob, for pointing out my draft pick. Uh, Number two on the fantasy points board so far this season, Al Horford. He's really been that good? Yeah. That's shocking to me. If it lets me draft. It's not going to. You're going to auto pick. Which will be Al Horford because he's in my queue. There we go. Nice. That's a solid pick. I did not know he was doing that well. Uh, Dwight Howard went uh, next overall, and it's uh, Rob Hess's pick. A good example of when the rankings are really crappy is one of the top players available right now is Gorgie Jang. Let me be clear. He's not one of the top players available. <laughs> and Jeff Teague. I'm taking Aaron's favorite player, Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball off the board. And Lonzo Ball's favorite player. Yeah. <laughs> and LeVar Ball's favorite player. <laughs> Hey, he's having a good season. He, he is. I, he gets stats. I think he's a good, just a good value pick there. I've, I'm hoping the next guy I want is the. I'm hoping the guy I want is still available, but there's a few people between me, so I. It could be rough going since neither of you are picking. I'm my guy. I'm hoping Russell's still available. Oh, and it looks like he will be. D'Angelo Russell, Bledsoe, and Nurkic off the board. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell. You're just saying that so I pick him, and then you're gonna laugh at me for doing so. Well, Rob I, is the next I, pick, I, yeah, so I it doesn't matter. Just said that it's just all set up. Uh, Drew Holiday off the board next, and it's Rob Hess's pick. Oh, and look, I took D'Angelo Russell. There you go. He has, you know, he's a high usage player. He's in multiple positions. There's just lots of things to like about him at this stage. No, there's there's not much to like about the Nets, but that's part of the point. You know, it's one of those things where it's a bad team and a, a decent player. Cause I think D'Angelo Russell is a decent player. I didn't love him out of college, but you know, he's decent fantasy wise. He puts up some stats. I've got him in a couple other leagues. All right. Team Bud is on the Butt clock. Is on the clock. I can't get enough of that name. I can't get enough of team. <laughs> Who, I bet you he goes with, uh, I bet you he goes Dion waiters, 114th ranked no, 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 Dion waiters. I think he's going to go Jeff Teague. Brooke Lopez. I bet he picks Brooke Lopez. I keep, I can't believe Jeff Teague's still available, by the way. Why? I mean, I'm just surprised that someone didn't just take a flyer on him. I mean, there's fair. I mean, he's a starting point guard and he gets major minutes. I know, but he's in the same tier here as Dennis Schroeder. But he, I, I, mean, I don't think he is. That's just where he's ranked. I, you know, Isaiah Thomas, granted, he's out for till all-star break basically. Oh, he did take Schroeder. See Dennis Schroeder off the board uh, with the uh, 61st pick in the draft. I'm going to take a guy who I think can shoot lights out and help me with my three point numbers. Oh, Gorgie Jang, Gorgie Jang. He's multi-positional and he plays on a team that uh, he has the ability to be that kind of third or fourth star on uh, Robert Covington. You mean Gorgie Jang? Ishka Bibble. It's not Ishka Bibble. I'm going to move really quick on this player, Brooke no, Lopez. Uh, to be fair, Aaron, uh, to be fair, Kevin, he was saying Ishkabibble because he was looking at his team right now. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. <laughs> OK, so while we're waiting for uh, for the picks to come around, uh, let's uh, let's look at each other's team so far. So, Aaron, start. Uh, give us the rundown on your team so far. All right. Russell Westbrook, point guard, shooting guard, Jimmy Butler. Power forward Hassan Whiteside, Joel Embiid at center, Bradley Beal as my guard position. My three utility players currently are Devin Booker, Goran Dragic, and Brooke Lopez. 
I will uh, I will go next here on Nothing But Net channel the or the Howl radio show. You forgot where you were for a second. I did forget where You're I was. You're in the for den. We're Kevin. in the den. We've always been in the den. We're in the den. Dash radio. Uh, so my team, which is once again Aaron Groshong, sucks forever with three A's. So it's A A A Ron. Um, I have uh, starting point guard John Wall. James Harden as my shooting guard. Uh, Chris Middleton as my small forward. Paul Millsap at the uh, power forward position. My center is Rudy the Stifle Tower Gobert. Uh, my guard position is Wiggins. My forward position, Robert Covington. And my first utility is Al Horford. Well, the good news is is you can call AAA, Kevin, um, to pick you up on the side of the road when your team breaks down and leaves you hanging halfway through the season because that's what's going to happen. Nice try. My team is elite, as PJ Fleck would say. Are we actually playing this out, or is I, I don't get what's happening here? Oh, yeah, we're running the league throughout the season. Really? In a random eight-team league? <laughs> Why are we doing this if we're just... I mean, we could just I mock we draft this, if yeah. we didn't want to do that. Yeah, okay. So we're running Aaron's over here. Aaron's afraid of our teams, clearly. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, so in the picks since mine, uh, Lopez, Steven Adams, Harrison Barnes, Eric Gordon, and then finally Jeff Teague off the board. It is the pick of Aaron Groshong. The TV's prepared this time. So as as I said earlier, the good advice is have a few guys you like. And then that way you're kind of prepared when your pick comes. There's a few players you're willing to take. Aaron has a different strategy. His pick comes up and then he is dumbfounded. <laughs> well, it stinks when the guys you want get taken right before. But again, I'm if you thin. had six guys, they wouldn't all be taken. I don't have six. I mean, well, you uh, should have six. I'm in the I could name six light. guys right now. I'm staring at this thing that would all be solid players on your team. Okay. Well, let's talk about them. Dario Sarge. Nice position flexibility, gets minutes. Serge Ibaka. Uh, ah, I mean, there's lots of players there. Choice. We'll go with Serge Ibaka. Also, by the way, Serge Ibaka is hurt. <laughs> he just got hurt. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. It was a great pick. It was a pick. It was a pick. <laughs> All right. So this guy that I'm going to go with, I'm going to actually stretch this out a little bit. Eh, actually, don't stretch it out. Uh, no, I got some time. So I'm going to take a guy that I had on my flag list. Uh, I'm going to take uh, the guy that Rob just talked about. Dario Saric. Excellent. He is terrible. I had to drop him in my fantasy league because he does nothing. You you thought Rob was actually giving you proper advice? No, I was actually going to take him before. I really like Dario Saric. Just to this point, they don't use him as like they don't. He doesn't get enough minutes. Let There's me, just like little things. I'm a big Dario Saric fan, so I think long term you'll be fine. I just haven't loved the production I've gotten out of him so far. Let me frame this up. By for the you. way, what? I just took Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio. I think I'd, I have him in every fantasy league because he's just worth it. Jason Tatum off the board, Alfred Payton, and Gorgie all come off the board in rapid succession. I drafted Jason Tatum's an interesting pick. Sarich with my last pick in a draft, my like actual money league that I'm in as like a twelfth round pick. So a little early on Sarich, but I actually was right where they had him ranked. So oh, good. F- Claps, hand clap. Yep, thank you. Oh, it's my pick. Interesting. So there's a few different options. I actually have a lot of guys that I like here, but part of the problem you want to run into is, or that you don't want to run into, is making sure you have guys that fill different positions. 
So I'm kind of that's what you have to make sure you you do as well. I'm struggling with that right now. I am thin at the small forward spot, which is a common problem for me. I, I usually get sucked in early on the point guards. Point guards to me are like quarterbacks in fantasy football, where it's like you can get a couple of them and you can get good ones later in rounds. Right. Where, you know, I, I'm I'm guard heavy. You know, I, I went uh, quick with the guards, picked up four or five and. You know, I'm taking a flyer here. I'm grabbing Zachary Levine. Whoa. Wow. That uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense because there's... He's three weeks away from full contact. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, hey, I'm up. Uh, Enos Cantor went right after... Uh, Right after him. So I'm going to take a guy. Uh, this may be a little bit high, but I'm high on him and his play so far. Dennis Smith Jr. Oh, good call. I have him in a couple leagues. He's been really good. That's a solid pick. Very That's happy good. with that pick. Uh, Daniil Gallinari, Jay Crowder come off the board. And we're moving right along. Yeah, we're moving through. We're actually almost in round 11. That means... Uh, Basically three picks left for all of us. Yeah, we're coming down to it. It's pretty. This has been a pretty standard league. Most of the names you'd think of would go off. Uh, I don't think there's really been any big surprises. Maybe a little early on on some of the guys for some of the people that are in this league. I feel like for us three, we've done a pretty solid job of getting pretty good value where we've taken players. And we'll go over our rosters one last time once it ends. Just a reminder, this is nothing but net radio. This is the Howell on dash radio and we are here doing a fantasy basketball draft uh, via espn so it's an eight team league and it's snake draft style so we'll each have three teams and we'll monitor these week to week to see in the end who comes out the winner that was beautiful rob i do what i can uh so we are currently waiting on the number one overall pick it's the same guy by the yeah way. he it's takes forever the same guy he honestly just absolutely takes forever and it's maddening. It's like watching paint dry. It's like watching Aaron play basketball. Ouch, Kevin. Ooh, that is a great. I think I like that pick. So what are you going to do here with uh, your Isaiah Thomas pick, Kevin? Are you going to go that route? I called that guy out, by the way, and then he started picking faster. Oh, and he took the guy I wanted. You know what? There's a special place. And you know where for that. <laughs> <laughs> I like those picks, though. He, 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 let's tell people what he gr- went with. Yeah, Will Barton and Aaron Gordon. And Aaron uh, Gordon has been picks. so good for me that I literally that was the one guy I had queued up ready to go because I'm you know five picks away. He's way down the list. So I didn't think there was any chance he'd be taken. But that's a good pick. It's a very good pick by that guy. I still don't like him, though. We got to find out who he is. We should get him on the show. Oh, what's happening here? It's got to be a player. Oh, I want to roll the dice on this bad. Do it. Roll those dice. I will. Isaiah Thomas. That is a terrible pick. Horrid. Terrible pick. Why? He's a he's a bench player on on a deep team. And when he comes back around playoff time, I'm gonna mop the floor. With he's not guys. even riding the bench. He's riding the trainer's table. Yeah, that's that's not good. We'll see. We'll see what happens. He's on the bench, Rob. What are you thinking? I'm up here. Aaron sucks. What do you think? Yes, that's me. Uh, I'm actually just. Uh, oh, my gosh. Where did he go? He's panicking. There he is. I'm not panicking. I'm actually doing a little bit of research before I make this pick. Don't hurt yourself. 
Uh, so I'm going to go with a, a multi-position guy here that I like. Uh, maybe a little bit early on him, but he's a multi-position player. Just don't take Jamal Murray. That's the only thing I'll say. Did you look at my screen? No. <laughs> you had to have looked at my screen. Why? Is that who you're taking? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yep, Jamal Murray. Interesting. I mean, that's a pick. That is a pick. No, I like Jamal Murray. We, we're fans of the show. Anyone that listens to us, we do a lot of draft coverage, and we were all very big on Jamal Murray. So I think it's a solid pick. And Denver's a good team. I'm, I'm a big fan of what they're doing in Denver. So I think I think I like his I like his numbers so far. Players. I like his numbers so far, and he's got room to grow on that team. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's tough to find, you know, the right the right matchup late in the game. Like I need small forwards and it's a little little bit of slim pickings as far as small forwards are concerned with guys that are really going to get you the value. Yeah. No, I was that was one position I was looking at as well that uh um there's just there's not a lot. I mean, the the top 3 guys are Wilson Chandler, Rudy Gay and Justin Holiday. I mean, you've got guys like Batum and Parker who are injured. Uh, you've got guys that are just terrible, like Tim Hardaway Jr. Although Tim Hardaway Jr. had 34 points, eight assists, and four boards. <laughs> so, like uh, Chandler Parsons is one of the top three in the league in three-point percentage and defensive efficiency I saw on NBA.com. But he is currently ranked 131st yeah, in uh, ESPN's is, draft. So it's it's I a think. it's a little weird, but uh, you're going with the uh, with the eight. Eight team, you're going to have some guys that maybe get taken uh, really before they should. Uh, Rob yeah, has about to be auto drafted. Taking him, I'm Tim take Hardaway, Hardaway Jr. Jr. off the board. He gets the minutes. That was like the pot calling the kettle black, there, <laughs> right? He gets the minutes, and he's got position flexibility, and he and he kind of fits exactly what I needed there. The guy who is telling other guys to hurry up uses the full two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That was brilliant, Rob. Uh, Rob Hess coming up with his second to last pick next. The guy that I really wanted was Pau Gasol, but he got taken right before me. And that kind of threw me up just a bit, but that's all right. There's someone, I mean, there's definitely some value still, but again, you got to know what you're looking for. You got to, yep. again, the key and part of the, part of the problem I have with ESPN is they don't do a great job of showing you like what your team breakdown is. But they do point. No, but I mean like the specific, like it's like the, what the, all the different positions they play. Oh yeah. Like I yep. wish they would show that still. Oh, here's Belly. You gonna go Belly? I'm definitely not gonna go Belly. You should go Belly. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> not going Belly. Leads the league in free throws. Ryan Anderson off the board, and now Rob Hess is up to make his pick. Yeah, it's a definitely not taking Ryan Anderson. I'll tell you that much. What? I'm surprised. I, As a bench player, take Kelly Olynyk. <laughs> Can't stand <laughs> Kelly Olynyk. I'm just not a fan of his. But again, there's still some pretty good value. So I mean I like I like where we're at in terms of players, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, a guy that's been pretty solid so far in the, this season. Yeah, he's been good for me. I'm going Malcolm Brogdon. That's a good pick, the reigning rookie of the year. Yeah, I, I just like what he offers, and he's position flexible, and he's been good so far. All right, so this is a guy that I I figured would be on Rob Hess's radar. Uh, he's been playing really well early and he's going to get a lot of playing time and a lot of uh, opportunity to, to be the guy in, uh, in the city that he's in. Uh, he is coached by the mayor, the rookie that could have been for the wolves, Lowry Markinen. Wow. Interesting. I like Lowry. 
I'm a fan. He's been really good this year. Well, I grabbed up uh, a Drew Hanlon uh, trainee here with uh, Jordan Clarkson. I think he's off to a good start to the season. He looks much improved. His skills are dialed in, and I think he's going to have a great season. Yeah, I, I, I've always been a fan of his. I don't, you know, I, I think for a lot of teams he'd be starting. So it's always kind of goofy to me that he doesn't start there. But at the same time, I kind of understand, you know, where they're coming from. Well, they don't have really much of a second unit. He is that second unit, and he he's finishing some fourth quarters, given you know the way he's been playing. I'm back again, yep, and we're I, I got one pick a few here. Picks left here. I, and I only have one, so this is this is it. I, I gotta I gotta find a gem, and I really don't know where to go, but I do have a lot of respect for his game, and that's Avery Bradley. All right, with my last pick in the draft, it's tough, and I'm I'm torn. I, I'd like to have a third point guard on the squad. Um, somebody that can, uh, that can contribute and will again, get some, get some run in the cities that in the city that he's in. And I think he will. I don't think there's, uh, um, uh, there's really anybody else that has as much love, um, uh, in the city that he's in, that he's currently in. And that is the point guard for the Sacramento Kings, De'Aaron Fox. Well, it's good to know I'm which city is in. <laughs> Thought we got that established. Yeah, I like De'Aaron Fox, Kevin. I think he's going to have a great season. He's probably going to be right up there with Dennis Smith Jr. competing for that Rookie of the Year spot. Both have tons of opportunity in a high ceiling uh, this NBA season. Uh, so the last pick, yeah, it's at me in, right out now. of the three of us, goes to Rob Hess. He's got a lot of options. Yeah, again, it's 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 all about finding the matchups and finding who fills out my roster. That's a few, you know, I like Jalen Brown's one guy that has some position flexibility that I think plays some positions I need. Uh, it's tough. Uh, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to go Jalen Brown. Uh, he gets the minutes, multiple positions. I like it. All right. There you have it. Uh, we'll just stick around for the last two picks here quick and then well, here, we'll go start, over our teams. Yeah, we'll start going over our teams. Well, here, why don't I start? Because I, I didn't really get an update earlier. So Mike Conley, D'Angelo Russell, LeBron James, uh, the Joker, Nikolai Jokic, Miles Turner, Lonzo Ball, Draymond Green, Kristaps Porzingis, Ricky Rubio, took a shot on Zach Levine. We'll see Tim Hardaway Jr., Malcolm Brogdon and Jalen Brown. So I'm very pleased. Almost all my guys play multiple positions, which which I think is going to really do me well long term. I like that roster, Rob. A lot of those players, I'm just not only am I a fan of their game, NBA game, but in terms of fantasy, they are producers in in multiple categories. You know, I think the position flexibility, um, you really honed in on that. I don't like my team's position flexibility. I think I got pinched in a few spots. So we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. Who is your team, Aaron? I have no idea because I'm out of the draft lobby and I can't refresh. So that's kind of where I'm at. Well, here, Aaron, let me run down your team for you. Thank you. You have Russell Westbrook. Yep. Jimmy Butler. Okay. Danilo Gallinari. Oh, that's a bummer. Hassan Whiteside. Joel Embiid. Bradley Beal. Serge Ibaka. Devin Booker. Goran Dragic. Dragic. Yeah. Dragic. Dragic. Uh, Brooke Lopez. Isaiah Thomas. Jordan Clarkson and Avery Bradley. I 
feel like I'm gonna be struggling. Uh, the, we'll does, see. I'm gonna have to ride West's coattails again all the way to the championship. And uh, Team Aaron Groshong sucks forever, or AKA my team uh, is John Wall, James Harden, Chris Middleton, Paul Millsap, Rudy Gobert, uh, Andrew Wiggins, Robert Covington, Al Horford, Dario Saric, Dennis Smith Jr., Jamal Murray, Lowry Markinen, and De'Aaron Fox. Not bad. Solid squad Not bad. right there. All right. So uh, you can tune in every week as we kind of go down our fantasy rosters and see kind of how we're doing as we, uh, as we go through. Um, let's get into the rest of quarter two here, which is uh, our talker segment. Uh, last week we introduced a new segment called breaking down the game. Uh, this, we, uh, at, at this part of the quarter, we kind of break down a rule that, that a lot of people may not know exactly what it is or, you know, why it's enforced or how it's enforced or everything like that. Uh, this week we're going to cover two different things. Uh, first off is the Harden rule. Rob, you want to talk to us about that? Yep. So the Harden rule, just, uh, just a couple quick points on this one, but for anyone that watches basketball, James Harden's kind of known for, you know, doing the little, the, the rip through. He, he kind of causes the foul to occur. And so they're watching for that more. So uh, um, just to kind of go over, Russ will be making a distinction between fouls that occur on the drive or gather versus fouls on the actual shooting motion. Uh, if a player has not yet gathered the ball when contact occurs, that would make it a common foul, if that makes sense. So it's not a shooting foul in that instance. So that's kind of the kind of the long and short of it. Uh, they, he also says, um, when you're looking at that rule, if refs determine that the offensive player lunged into the defender or locked his arm to create contact, which anyone that watched last year, James Harden was big into that. Uh, in that instance, they could actually assess an offensive foul. So that's something I'm going to look for them to call more. I, I just think that's a big part of it. They said the key, as the NBA officials put it, is sequencing. If contact comes before players start shooting motion, it's a common foul. And there's no free throws. Now, shout out to Howard Beck on Twitter. He breaks this down really well. And that's where I got this from. So I think that's kind of a good look at the Harden rule. And I think kind of as a rule, if if at some point in your career, you get a rule named after you, that's something, right? Yeah, you've yeah. Done You're impacting the game point. in some in a pretty big way. It's kind of like the, you know, the Brady rule in in football. Same kind of thing. So then we move on to something that for Wolves fans specifically, especially we've noticed this a lot lately, but it's the illegal screens, whether legal or illegal screens. So I'm just going to go over this a little bit. A screen or pick situation occurs when an offensive player situates himself in the path of an oncoming defender for the purpose of slowing him down or making him change direction. Now this is actually from the official handbook for stationary defenders. If the offensive player attempts a screen or pick on a stationary defender, he merely needs to situate himself in a legal guarding position before the defender starts moving. So anyone that watches basketball is pretty familiar with this. You can't be moving. Now, I don't think it's always called that way, but that's kind of some, that's kind of the, just kind of the keys. If the defender then moves or runs towards the offensive player and initiates the contact, which that's also pretty common, there's either a no call or a defensive foul if the contact is enough to dislodge the offensive player. As far as from the defender standpoint, if the offensive player attempts to screen or pick on a moving defender, 
He has to be set in legal guarding position, providing the defender with enough space to stop and or change direction. The speed of the player and this this portion right here is kind of where the Wolves come into play because Carl Towns definitely needs to be reading up on what a good screen is and what's not a good screen. So the speed of the player determines the distance needed. The offensive player cannot jump in front of a moving opponent at the last second. That's been pretty common for Towns. Now, not only is it Towns fault, but in some cases it's players like Teague. You can't move as the ball handler before the screen's actually set. And so many guys in the NBA make that make that happen where you're a point guard and you start to go and the screen's not set. And all of a sudden you're putting that screener in a really bad situation. And where it's really hurt towns is towns has a, has kind of this bad habit of sticking his leg out and you're going to get that called all the time. And that's what they go into here. Well, by rule, it's got to be within your shoulders. Exactly. I mean, and, and we all learn as a, from a young age, what is and is not a screen. But I think at some point guys just need to kind of have a refresher course. What I think it is, it's just simply the exploitation of it Mm -hmm. It, until it gets policed. And in this way rules or some type of elevated attention has been given to the issue. They're going to run it to the ground. Mm hmm. Why wouldn't they? And they go into specifics, and this calls out the town's play specifically. They say, more specifically, if an offensive player sets a legal pick on a moving defensive player who then tries to go around the pick, the offensive player cannot turn, or as they they have in quotes, hedge with his hips or legs, or otherwise try to reestablish a position in the path of the oncoming defender. If he does, an offensive foul is called. And that's, that's exactly what Towns has been doing. He's been moving his body. He's not staying stationary and he's been kind of kicking his leg out. And that's something going forward. He has to get better at. And what, really what it is, it's a modified moving screen. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. They set the original screen and they act as if they're doing something else besides setting a green. When in reality, it's just, a secondary screen yep. of a moving type. Yep. And it's, it's a whole different, it's a whole different action at that point. And that's why it's a file. And it should be called that way. And and for the most part, I feel like they're pretty good about that. I, I, I rip referees probably more than most people. Cause I don't think the NBA officials are great, but I feel like they're pretty good about calling offensive fouls when it comes to screens. Well, I think that's just really what they're bringing the attention to. I mean, they're focusing on, on so many different types of plays, yep. you know, now that this is up there, hopefully it gets pleased enough um, where players and teams just stop teaching it because yep. it's a tactic. I mean, when I set a screen just myself, I set the screen and then I pivot into the defender with my hip as to give them it's in. And all you need is that extra quarter or half a second of holding them up as they're stuck now on my hip as I turn and cut to the basket or make my cut. And that's what in a lot of times gets you that little extra to get that shot off for that other player or a layup. Yeah, sometimes it all it takes. All right, well let's uh, let's get into our talkers here. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, not a lot of time left before we got to get to halftime to get to the rest of the show. So let's let's get through a couple quick things. Um, first off, uh, Sports Illustrated released their NBA jersey rankings. I don't know if you guys saw this. I, f- I found this today. Um, it's interesting kind of how they went about it, but uh, third in the, uh, in the Jersey ranking was the uh, Portland trailblazers second overall, the Milwaukee bucks. And in first place, your Minnesota Timberwolves, I like it. the number one Jersey uh, best swoosh Jersey by sports illustrated 
in the NBA. Aaron, your thoughts? Well, the thoughts are it's fantastic. The Wolves took first place. Yeah, I really like the jerseys. I think it's a shift from what I would peg as a traditional jersey in the NBA. I think it's a very modern look, a clean look in in person. They actually look better than what I saw before when I was just seeing images of them. The one thing that really strikes me is I've always liked the color combos for the Thunder and the Oklahoma City Thunder finished dead last. Dead last. Yeah, the color combination, I think, is kind of cool for them. You know, Nike jerseys have had kind of an issue. I, I know I mean, we talked about this off air, Aaron, but someone pointed out how they don't seem to be as durable. They've been ripping. Yeah. And because you mentioned, Aaron, like, you know, fights and that sort of thing. But I feel like even in the past when stuff like that would occur, I wouldn't see giant rips in the jersey. So maybe there is a maybe there's something to that. Just something to watch, I guess, going forward. My gut. And this is based off of absolutely nothing other than the fact that I, I it's just a hunch is these jerseys are at the point where they've, they've they're being made thin. They're trying to wick moisture, trying to be lightweight lightweight they have all these purple you're right there's all these secondary purposes yeah. you know so it's just they're very thin you know old jerseys i had made the comment to you that you know they were so strong you never saw this type of thing you'd see a patch ripped off before you saw the jersey actually ripped they were so woven together but they're also hotter made you sweat more all that sort of stuff so I think it's a consequence of of the technology adaptations and really them not going through that um, due diligence test of, you know, thoroughness of how much they can handle. For me, I'm looking at the, you know, the top 10 jerseys here. I love Minnesota at number one. I agree. When you saw the jerseys standalone, I didn't love them, but now watching them in game, I, I really appreciate what they look like and I like the design they went with. But if you look at the top 10 Bucks, I don't love the Bucks jerseys. Um, I do kind of like the Portland look where it's kind of got like that, like the, the line across on the bottom, a little different. I, I'm a fan of that, but like Philadelphia is nothing special. So I, I feel like a lot of these jerseys are just kind of like, they're just kind of there. I, I don't, I don't know that I love them. The Suns is one I'm a fan of something about the lettering. I think it's kind of cool looking. My pick for shocking result here, I guess, Rob would be the Kings. I thought the Kings rebrand was done very well. I like the color scheme. I like I the, too. the the new image and they're in the lower third of this list. So I'm surprised I didn't see that higher one that I, I definitely agree deserves to be at the bottom is the San Antonio Spurs. Now I get it. When you see it, you think that's the Spurs Jersey. I don't, I'm not a big fan of always having to tinker because I think once you're branded and your images are set yeah. and your color scheme are set, that's what it is. There's a reason why the Celtics and the, the Knicks only, and the Lakers all stick into that mold. The only thing I'll say about the Kings is the goofy thing about their jerseys. It just says sack on the front. And so <laughs> it just it just well, comes well, off new, a little the, goofy. The new, the but new I like the logo the and the color at, scheme. It so. just says Kings now. Right. Um, there is the one. Yeah. Sack just well, standalone. Sack on it is a little weird. Yeah. That's like your favorite ice fishing company, you know. Um, anyways, Kevin, you got any of that uh, stuff? Either yeah, the, the the two that the two that um, I'm going to comment on are, are on the lower end of the spectrum. I'm actually a huge fan of the Atlanta Hawks jersey. Yes, I I like the uh, the the <clears throat> kind of triangle yeah. pattern on it. They don't like it at all. Um, it almost looks like carbon fiber. Yeah, it does. It looks very very sleek. Yeah, I think it's, you know, if you guys are Zelda fans, 
Kind of looks like the Zelda logo. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I'm not a huge fan of, and I think a lot of people, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, I just think they got to do something with their color scheme. They got to they got to change it up. I mean, it even says in the in the article, the Nets have the type of uniforms worn by the villainous squad in a sports movie. But it could be maybe they're saying our team's so terrible. What does it matter? And when the team's good, maybe then we'll rebrand. Maybe it's well, like yeah. That. I mean, you just you just got to rebrand at some point. I I don't know. I'm not a huge. But fan. I get waiting for people to, like to actually care about. But the, the team. Nets went all in on that theme. I mean, they they have a a stadium or excuse me, an arena. You know, the court, the jerseys, everything is that black and white color scheme. Yeah, that's true. You know, it would probably take a fair amount, not to say any, uh, re, you know, brand refresh is a, a simple task. But I think the Nets have a lot invested in their current scheme. I don't see them changing it anytime soon. Agreed. I think you're right. What else we got, Kev? Uh, you know, let's let's move on to another subject here. Uh as we discussed in quarter one, the Wolves did not have Jimmy Butler for two of their games, uh, getting blown out in both of the games by the uh, the Pacers and the Detroit Pistons. Guys, does it worry you when Jimmy Butler is not on the floor for the whole game? Yes, it would, it would worry me more if those teams weren't playing really well right now. Like if we had played, let's say the Brooklyn Nets and that happened, that'd be different. But we're now seeing you know the Warriors. We're seeing the Cavs. We're seeing other teams struggle and lose to teams like the Pistons and the Pacers. Going into the season, I don't think many people thought they would be that great, but they've clearly shown they're much better than people realized, at least early on. So the fact that those teams are looking better, it at least makes me less worried. If that makes sense, makes sense. Aaron, what do you want to hear from me? I I think Butler as usual, not is- much. Oh, thank you, Rob. <laughs> Butler is a key. He's the pulse to this team where Andrew Wiggins is like the lungs. You know, he's that guy that can bring that freshness to the roster. Um, when he's going, the, the team never looks that much better. But if Butler's not there, as you can see with, um, you know, like Kevin said, what we discussed in the first quarter was just that lack of fight that they had when they got down. And I think that's something that Butler brings to the table in terms of keeping us um, keel, you know, have a nice even keel when things get tough. He's a he's a face and he's a, a good presence leader, for that sure. can, you know, if, if we, we get stuck in a NATO run and, and we're, you know, starting to let a lead slip away. I think he's somebody that can you can turn to and he's going to. Bring some peace and calm. He's very, but right? I feel like he's very KG like, and he's going to kind of set the tone for the effort for kind of the way the team's going to play. That's what it seems like to me early on. I, I honestly feel like whenever he's out there, it's like, I don't have to worry. It's one position. I don't have to worry. Kind of gives you a sense of calm because you know, he's going to be solid. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, and, and really whenever he's there, that squad that he's running, those other four guys, you know, there's that level of expectation when he's not there. We've already seen what that group does. We have, you know, it's, it's a fire and ice, man. They're either hot or they're cold. So yes, but it's also part of it is it's early on. So I think it's going to take some time in terms of the team gelling. So when you lose your probably most important player, especially early on, I think it's a lot tougher. If let's say Jimmy Butler misses a few games down the road, like maybe two months in, I think, I think the team plays differently without a doubt, Rob Mm -hmm. couldn't agree more. 
Uh, speaking of uh, Detroit, uh, more teams in the East, I should say, than the West. Um, but there are teams that are exceeding expectations very early on in this young season. Uh, you look at a team like Detroit, they're atop the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, Orlando is, I think, a three or four seed at this point in time, and Charlotte is a seven seed if the playoffs were to start today. Now, granted, we're less than 10 games into the season. This is still very early and by no means, you know, what we're exactly going to see out of these teams. But, I mean, what do you guys think of kind of how the East is is turning into a little free-for-all? You know, the bottom line is if the Eastern Conference playoffs were to start today, the Cavs don't even make it in. At three and four, they're 11th ranked in the Eastern Conference. There you go. Yeah, right? we obviously know they'll be there, though. Exactly. But the point Kevin's trying to make, there's some very surprising teams. The Pistons are one. The Magic definitely are one that comes to my mind. Um, even the Knicks. The Knicks are doing better than I thought. I think the big thing for me is in the NBA, there's a reason why they play 82 games. So the good teams, you know, over 82 games, the good teams are going to come out on top. I mean, that's just what's going to happen for my money. So. I think early on, sometimes you have teams that may play a little better than you expect, and you kind of get surprised. But when it comes to the the teams that are actually going to make the playoffs, you know, the last eight teams, a lot of these teams aren't going to be there. Orlando, they're not going to be there. Maybe maybe Detroit, just because they've got some guys, you know, that are of that kind of higher echelon type player. Charlotte, I think, is going to be there. Charlotte's a team that year in year out, when with the players they have, they're going to be successful. Whether it's Kemba Walker, you know, now they've obviously have Dwight Howard. They've got some pieces, uh, you know, Frank, the tank. I wish Batum was healthy because I would have yeah. loved to seen them have a full roster available. So I think that's a team that's probably going to be probably closer to the top five than they are for bottom five, if that makes sense. Here's one that stands out to me as well uh, in regards to the Eastern Conference is the Boston Celtics, a team that gets essentially just punched right in the face right away on national TV by losing their star player, Gordon Hayward. They start the season off. Oh, and two, they go on a six game win streak. They're now six and two. They just knocked off the Spurs tonight. One Oh eight 94 and, or excuse me, this roster that they have put together is deep because they have guys like Jason Tatum stepping up in a position of where Gordon Hayward would have been otherwise. Yeah, Jalen Brown, another guy that's really helped them out. I mean, they've definitely got some nice pieces. You know, he's he was in the starting lineup immediately after the Hayward injury. I think they have two young players in Tatum and Brown that are filling the void very, very well. They're one of the top rebounding teams in the NBA, which I didn't expect this from them. I mean, I knew they're going to be good, but some of these, the players stepping up, um, I didn't see that happening at this quick of a pace. I think they're number one contender by far in the Eastern conference because the Cavs have a little ways to go to get things figured out. They have a, I think they have a long ways to go. I think they're, I think that's a team that has a lot more troubles than their record really suggests at this point in time. And they got to figure out quick because the, the city of Cleveland has grown accustomed to the winning ways of that franchise. And, uh, a, a, rough start to the season could potentially be a lot of issues for the Cavs and especially uh, Tyrone Lou. The Cavs to me are on very thin ice. They have many players that to me 
it would be tough to hang my hat on on reliability. I mean, obviously, Derek Rose is the first that comes to mind, but there's other guys on there that it's hard for them to play a full 82 game slate. Not to mention if we're talking about making a deep run into the NBA playoffs. It just seems like the teams that set up best for success is the Boston Celtics at this point. I think that's fair. And, you know, off air, one team we mentioned that we weren't big fans of that's obviously underperformed in the, as far as the West is concerned, it's the Clippers. That's correct. You know, Long term, again, I think they're, that's a team until they actually blow things up and really start over. I still think they're always going to be stuck in kind of mediocrity. So well, I, I don't, like I they, don't expect them to be that good. I think they believe they had blown things up essentially and started over, but it's gelled quicker than. I think many had thought you and I definitely didn't think this would happen, but we also did say that, you know, as soon as Blake Griffin goes down for his 20 game injury that he seems to always have each season, that they're probably going to go, you know, four and 16 and that'll be the end of them. Or they're going to have a key loss come the first or second rounds of the playoffs. And that's it. And that's your Clippers season in a nutshell. That's the Clippers team that I've seen for the last four or five years. But I will give them credit. I mean, I shouldn't just be negative on it. They've had a fantastic start. Blake Griffin has played fantastic basketball. He looks to be playing the best basketball I have seen him play in his career. And he's played some great basketball. So uh, kudos to Blake Griffin for a fantastic start in the Clippers. And I'm sorry I um, undervalued or, uh, you know, had some low expectations for him. But I just put a lot of weight on the CP3. Yeah. In Crawford, I mean, you know, Jamal Crawford losing a, a top tier six man like that. You know, those are hard players to replace. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so this was an article I found while skimming through Sports Illustrated, looking at the jersey rankings. I don't know. Maybe, Rob, you've seen this article, but uh, it's called Fire NBA Trades That Should Happen But Won't. This is just a little fun article that the crossover over at Sports Illustrated put together. Um with how crazy the summer was with free agency and some of the, the bigger name trades that we saw um, the, the staff put together some trades that um, they think would work out, but actually will never happen. Sure. I bring this up. I bring this up for a reason and it'll be the last one that we get to, but just a couple to run over uh, Paul George to the Cavs. Now, granted this is all at, you know, happening after these players can be moved with the free agency uh, signings and everything like that. But um, this would be the kind of the, the I don't know what you want to call it, but the way to make LeBron stay in Cleveland is by trading for Paul George. Um, Which obviously that's not even remotely realistic. Yeah. Um, they, they call it as another athletic scoring option to help replace Kyrie. Um, Isaiah Thomas, you know, being limited by the health issues, Cavs struggling early, Paul George could be the way to go. So that is a trade that they, uh, uh, that they, that they say should happen, but won't. And the reason they say it won't is because, uh, the Thunder have basically given Paul George, the key to the city in Oklahoma city, you know, with uh, with the parade, with Russ bringing in Mello right after running those guys as a big three and, and basically going all in with uh, with Paul George. So that was the first one that they said. I think OKC has done a fantastic job welcoming Paul George. You couldn't ask for a better start. 
um, outside of their two losses against the Minnesota Timberwolves for them. Um, yeah, seeing Paul George play for the Cleveland Cavaliers, that'd been fantastic to watch. Been great basketball. I can guarantee they would have wanted him on the team, um, given their current state of affairs, but it didn't happen. Uh, the next one they bring up is George Hill to the Bucks. Uh, they say that um, there's a, a huge conversation going on because really, I mean, besides, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, not a lot of people, especially Milwaukee fans are happy with the guard play in, in, uh, in the city there. Milwaukee's needed a solid point guard presence for a handful of years. And I, I get it. You can put Giannis in that role. And he's going to handle the ball a lot. I mean, he's clearly playing at the highest level. He's dominating. I mean, he's my front runner right now for MVP, depending on where the Bucks finish this season. With that being said, I think it's a bit of a disservice not to pair up Giannis with an elite point guard. Imagine what that combo could actually do. It's it's sad when you're when Milwaukee's best point guard is their head coach. Well, I think we're all underplaying Malcolm <laughs> like Brogdon that here. That was good. Thank you. I mean, yeah. Malcolm Thank Brogdon you. has been really good. I think we're underplaying him quite a bit. No, Malcolm Brogdon is great. But I mean, even even this article says that, you know, everything you like about Malcolm Brogdon, George Hill does better. He shoots well. He handles proficiently, can defend across multiple positions. I mean, let me add one additional piece to this. I want I should have said veteran point guard. Yeah. Somebody that's been there before, because yep. who's the guy right now on Milwaukee that you can say has been there before, you know, outside of Jason Kidd. I mean, really, Della Vadova is the guy that gets the closest and he's not even close. Well, no, he's been there before. He's been in the championship multiple times. <laughs> yes, Rob. I mean, that's a good veteran presence. You know, he's a tough player. I'm not a big fan of his, but I think he adds a lot of the things you'd, you know, you want to get from a bench veteran. But I don't want him starting. You know, that's the difference. I would take. Uh, backcourt of Delhi, Brogdon, and Hill. I think that'd be a. I think in that instance, though, Delhi doesn't play. You can't play Delhi. Yeah, if you but have then George he's Hill just your veteran presence. Yeah. Like well, they're even they're even talking about Brogdon moving in that trade to try to get George Hill. Does no. because, because because other than that, who else yeah. can you give up? I mean, would Sacramento take well, on the Greg Monroe contract? Why does Sacramento? Why does Sacramento want Malcolm Brogdon when they just invested in Fox? Well, and that's the other thing it mentions too is that you know the Kings want to kind of open the door for deer. Milwaukee Fox. could move off of Jabari Parker. They didn't pick up his option. And, you know, if he's going into free agency and he's garnering a lot of dough, they already have a ton of money um, on Middleton. They got a ton of money on Giannis. And, you know, I don't know if they have a ton of flexibility in, in regards to signing Parker to what I think he's going to expect. And especially well, especially given, given Joel Embiid's contract, you know, he right. was in, he's been injured a lot. Now, granted, you know, two ACLs is a little different, but at the same time, that's a guy that has shown flashes that got a major contract despite injuries. So if you're Jabari Parker, now granted, I don't think there's any way he gets that contract, but is he going to expect a pretty large contract? Of course. And someone's going to give it to him. Somebody would a team like the Nets should yep. go do all they, in on a Jabari Parker. Do they mention the Suns in this trade uh, or anywhere in here with in regards to Eric Bledsoe? It's it's actually funny you ask because that's the next one I was going to bring up. Because the only reason I say that is because there's scuttlebutt that they kind of want to go after 
the Suns want to go after Malcolm Brogdon in a trade with the Bucks. So makes a lot of sense. Uh, this one though is actually Eric Bledsoe to the Spurs. Oh, I've heard that. That I could see that. But what's what are they looking at for trade? Uh, so they say uh, Bledsoe or uh, uh, sorry, the days of Bledsoe to the Bucks dreams were a simpler time, a time before the KD Warriors roamed the earth. Uh, before Kawhi, and so they can't afford to put Eric Bledsoe on a hipster team like Milwaukee or Denver that will probably top out on a fifth seed. So they put him to the Spurs, uh, throwing him on the perimeter next to Dejount Murray and Kawhi Leonard would make San Antonio better equipped than anyone in the NBA to harass the Warriors on the perimeter. Um, they- I, I would say pass on that because it, I think my personal belief is. Dejount Murray has every tool in the toolbox to become. That was our guy. The we proto- really liked him in the draft. Yes, yep. we did. The prototypical, this current version of the NBA where the, you have a point guard who can be offensive. He's He's got the length and athleticism to finish at the rim. The only thing he's really ha- he really has to refine is his three-point shooting. I am fully confident that will come. I don't think I would, even, if I was the Spurs, I would not entertain taking on additional monies and locking down. They just spent a, a ton on Aldridge and, you know, Kawhi's yep. getting paid. So having that cheap contract of DeJon Murray is crucial to them. And so, Bledsoe's always hurt. That's tough yeah. to justify giving up much in a trade for Bledsoe when you don't know how much you're even going to have him on the court. Uh, so the, the reasons they give why it won't happen, uh, it's tough to make the salaries work, including Tony Parker. The Spurs wouldn't want any young Spurs abs- asset besides DeJount Murray, and the Spurs are not trading DeJount Murray. So that is why it will not work. Uh, last but not least on this uh, on this article is the one that ties into our beloved Timberwolves. Uh, CJ McCollum to the Wolves and Andrew Wiggins to the Blazers. Pass. Uh, here's he says here's why it should happen. CJ and Dame Lillard are similar. Andrew Wiggins and Jimmy Butler are similar. Breaking up both pairings would conceivably conceivably round out both teams. No, I'm gonna pass. I mean, from a uh, being a Wolves fan, I can't I can't ship Wiggins. I am all no, in I'm not on doing him. It. I'm just not doing it. If I was not a Tim Rules fan my entire life. I could see I can see the logic on why that would make sense. Yeah, sort of. I mean, he says Minnesota could really use the added backcourt punch and McCollum's ability to play off the ball would fit nicely next to Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns. Let me tell you the key difference and what that probably does not address at all is that if you were to say Jimmy Butler's defense is so crucial and it's so elite top tier of the NBA that can be impressionable upon Andrew Wiggins with his given abilities and in the tutelage of Butler. I fully expect Andrew to get up to that level. CJ McCollum. Yeah. Maybe he could be a, a great defensive player, but that means now you're shifting Butler to the three and you're playing McCollum at the two. Cause I'm assuming this scenario has Teague still on the team. Yep. I I'd rather have Butler at the two Wiggins at the three, where you have two big, long players on the court it, that eventually are, you know, Wiggins is going to be a physical player. I can see it. I mean, his tenacity is starting to reach the levels that I want to see and he's getting stronger year after year. And he has a long ways to go, which is the exciting part. Yeah, I, it's, 
like I said, it's it's it doesn't make a lot of sense, but these are trades that these writers would uh, would like to see happen. Uh, let's get into another one here. Uh, our weekly Iowa Iowa Wolves segment. Uh, Rob, do you have any uh, any updates on the Iowa Wolves for us? Uh, well, their big thing this week was they unveiled their new court. So How'd it look? It looks pretty good. It's very similar to the Wolves court and main difference is the logo color scheme is going to be the same i don't know about you guys but i'm, I'm a big fan of their logo though it kind of it's yeah. kind of that throwback that homage to that old wolves logo with shep it, so i like it i i'm a big fan i want to go to a game yeah i think, I think we need to get some listeners of the show yeah we, we need to something. bring a whole crew down there and just have a good time maybe we even do a live episode down there i think i think it needs to happen I'd be down for that. Yeah, we gotta look yeah at you that see, for sure. Kevin yeah. got excited there. Yeah. I do have good ideas from time to time. From time to time, I will give you that. Yes. You have like one a year. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. One last piece of news before we get into halftime. Uh, we have a, a a name change on our hands, if you will. Uh, Shabazz Muhammad has officially changed his legal name, Rob, to what? He's legally changing his name to Boz. He's everyone calls him that. So, you know, why not change it? So, that's so he's going to be like, A-Z-Z. I mean, is he going to be like Pele and just have Boz on the back of the Jersey right, or share? Like it's, <laughs> he's going by the or one half name of the, now, half of the right? Brazilian national soccer team. Like he's going by that one name, but I like it. No, hold on a second. It's just Boz. It's not, it's not Boz Muhammad. It's just Boz. I mean, well, no, he's changing his first name to Boz. Like it's not going to be Shabazz anymore. Okay. Oh, okay. I was going to say. So he's going to go by, like, he's legally changing his first name. Okay, so he's not changing his whole name to just Boz. No, but he's going to go by, like, he you know, just goes by Boz. Well, yeah. Here's the deal. Do whatever you want to do. <laughs> My name is Paul. That's between y'all. You know, if, if he wants to change his name, that's cool. But it seems to me it's just unintentional effort. Like, why? You know, if you call somebody by their nickname, that's their nickname. I mean... I got 18 names. You guys call me every name under the book some days. It could be worse. He could change his name to Boof, like uh, <laughs> former Twins pitcher Boof Bonzer. Boof Bonzer. What was Boof's real first name? Oh, I forget. I don't, I don't remember. Now. I forget. If you if you know that answer, tweet me at KDRays42 because I'm, I'm spacing. By the way, that. unless you're looking him specifically up, I do not recommend you search the word Boof. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, it was John. That's oh, what it was. Yeah, yeah, John, yeah, John Bonzer. John, John Bonzer. Bonzer. He yep. went from John to Boof. He went. He went to Boof. Well, he said because he figured that way. Anytime anyone's booing or whatever, his name lends itself to the, that kind of thing. You know, it lends <laughs> he, didn't, it to he didn't anticipate being good. Wow! But off the Boz thing, uh, let me say this: this is something to listen for every week. But this week's secret word is Boz. So what we do here is we have a partnership with Two K, and what we do is every week we're going to be giving away either a PS4 or Xbox copy of 2K18. So the way it works is tweet us after you listen to our episode, tweet us at the Howl Radio with the hashtag 2K18 giveaway, and we will contact one lucky listener. If you are able to then give us the secret word when we contact you, which in this week would be Boz, B-A-Z-Z, you would win a copy of 2K18. They are also going to win a nice little uh, three-sauce uh, three set 
from our good friends at Isabel Street Heat. Yeah, yes. Wow, a double, some, a, some double winner? a double winner for, for week this one. Week anyways, for yeah, this just week. just for week one. I'm feeling generous. Uh, in that set, you're going to get the Fatali, which is Aaron's favorite, uh, the Ghost, and the newly released Carolina Reaper sauce. Uh, so again, the secret word is Boz, and uh, good luck, everybody. Uh, let's get into the third quarter uh, coming up. But first is halftime. And today we feature a track from our very own Topper Atwood. Uh, this is halftime on the Howl. Life. You need me, I was traumatized, traumatized Stuck here in the city, waiting all my life, all my life Just to feel the feeling of night Oh yeah, solo ride, solo ride I know that you need me, I was traumatized, traumatized Stuck here in the city, waiting all my life, all my life Just to feel the feeling of night It's survive, oh yeah That thing on my face That pussy was fatal to me I can't believe that it was plain That pussy was Satan to me You should bring me up a case You boys in the basement to me My niggas ain't got shit to say You catch your fate in the deep Solo ride, solo ride I know that you need me I was traumatized, traumatized Stuck here in the city Waited all my life, all my life Just to feel the feeling of night it's survive, oh yeah, solo ride, solo ride. I know that you need me. I was traumatized, traumatized. Purple Lamborghini waited all my life, all my life, just to feel the feeling of night. It's survive, oh yeah. I'm getting off a plane. Shout out my ego, I don't never tell my chain. They say I'm rude, call me cocky, call me fake. What I tell you about lying on my name? What I tell you about lying on my name? These songs ain't nothing, I got money in the bank. They say I'm rude, call me cocky, call me fake. But what I tell you about lying on my name? These bitches love to lie. The crazy thing is. Niggas out here talking more than thoughts. I swear I'm mortified. I made my own flow when they still hit. They gon' know it's mine. I ain't got time to hate. Being broke, my only op. I'm on orthodox. I don't box. Open up the box. Hella guap. Not no Jordan 5. 
cars, bunch of dollar signs, dirty money, need to sterilize, boy you paralyzed, make no move to whip like Frankenstein, one touch it, come alive, one million billionaire, both got 24 hours in a day, I ain't asking questions, I'm just getting it, ain't here, I could build a pyramid, steady scheming, with my demons, yeah we dreaming, I end up here, boy I'm about to be a fucking billionaire, I never let a pussy interfere. I ain't trippin' unless I'm getting off a plane. Shout out my ego, I don't ever tell my chain. They say I'm rude, call me cocky, call me fake. What I tell you about lying on my name? What I tell you about lying on my name? These hoes ain't nothing, I got money in the bank. They say I'm rude, call me cocky, call me fake. But what I tell you about lying on my name? Lying to the judge, I just beat another case Some of my niggas beat the pot like Sugar Ray You work in Cuba cause we moving way She lied to me, tell me that she love me Look dead in the eyes and I say the same You niggas be lying, I lie in the jungle With lions and tigers, you can't relate I just like my down limits, that's Gary Case Brand new little bitch look like Carrie Hill That nigga try to fuck with the gang 256 to a cerebellum Face talk to me, boy, I'm hella killer I ain't see shit, why sell why three shit Lie on my name and you lie in the dish Brand new supply, I should hire assistance I should acquire a brick Life is a movie, go fire a clip I'm looking for bitches that's fucking up niggas for digits I just might go hire your bitch Model so fire a bitch Pull up on watch with them twos and no pliers with us Sick of them virus in us You shopping, ain't no other option combined with us Lie to me, but don't lie on my name I'm just trying to find my own lane Yeah, Lurgis says they perfect for the pain I made a promise, promise that I never change Lie to me, but don't lie on my name I'm just trying to find my own lane Lurgis says they perfect for the pain I made a promise, promise that I never change yeah. Trippin' unless I'm getting off a plane Shout out my ego, I don't ever tell my chain They say I'm rude, call me cocky, call me fake What I tell you about lying on my name What I tell you about lying on my name These hoes ain't nothing, I got money in the bank They say I'm rude, call me cocky, call me fake Smoking no Kush cookies, just took a trip to the bay. No, you cannot be my bae. She likes to play with her face. That lotion I'm all in her face. I put that on my plate. I just want a motherfucking rave. So I can flex on you hoes. No, you cannot ride this rose. Please do not fuck with my bros. Or we gon' cut off your toes. BZ don't know how to act. He gon' pull up with that gat. They gon' take off like it's tray. Niggas straight pussy cats. Niggas ain't no spit crack. That's where your hoe on the back. I hit that hoe off the act. She told me I got what you lack. Smoking on kill, fuck how you feel. She choosing the kids, she know that I'm real. Popping that pussy like it was a pill. But fuck all you hoes, I just need a meal. Our featured track at halftime, our very own producer, Topper Atwood. Uh, thank you for that track. Again, uh, you can hear his music on Dash on the Nothing But Net channel. 
Uh, I mean, we play it all the time, Aaron. Yeah, you got to hit him up, man. The guy's got some fire beats. Uh, Topper, would you consider yourself an up and coming producer in the game? Yeah, he's not in his head. Oh, he yeah. knows. Yeah, he knows. Yeah. Uh, so hit him up. How do they? Uh, what? How do they get people get a hold of you if they want want these fire beats, Topper? At Topper Atwood, straight up. T o p p e r a t w o o d. And he'll have a weekly mix as well. They'll yeah. be airing, um, I believe it's Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights, um, you know, it's sort of the Howl takeover on Nothing But Net channel on Dash. Is, uh, we got the Howl that airs at 2 p.m. And later on that night, uh, we're going to throw that Get Buckets mix by Topper out there. Uh, last week's was fire, so expect more of that. I mean, I kind of think of like like, it's my playlist. I'm out there sh- getting shots up at the gym. I'm going to Get Buckets mix on. Topper Atwood beats banging in the background. Life is good. When Aaron's shooting, by the way, you should definitely call your mix Brick City. Oh, yeah, that's that's good. (laughs) All right, let's get into the third quarter, which is our 2K All Day segment. Uh, Again, we are sponsored by the great people at NBA 2K and 2K Sports. Uh, Again, they are helping us with our giveaways. And so we are doing NBA 2K uh, Dynasty here. We... Uh, fantasy drafted our rosters, which if you want to kind of hear the breakdown of it, you can listen to that la- uh, on last week's show. Uh, but just to give you an idea, um, I've got Giannis, Steven Adams and Ricky Rubio, uh, the Spurs, which is, is that that's Aaron. Yep. Uh, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, Daniel Gallinari and Rob with Jimmy Butler, Eric Bledsoe and Jay Crowder as the top three stars from every team. So We've all we did this completely randomly with our team selection and our pick selection, and we all have teams that we are very proud of Uh, the fantasy draft uh, preseason power rankings. were all pretty darn good for us. And uh, with the exception of Rob (laughs) have not gone well, Uh, Aaron, who started the season third in the power rankings, dropped to twenty eight. After the first week, I dropped to 25 after being ranked 13th and Rob went up two spots to number 10 as it should be Uh, looking through the second week of games, which uh, we are starting uh, basically the 25th through the first of November. Um, Going through here, let's take a look. Everybody has three games on the schedule. Uh, now, one thing we did agree to was that no trades, um, no, no player controlled trades. It would all be from the computers. So the Suns, that's Rob, just received a trade request. That's a hard uh, pass, by the way. Jonas Yurebko <laughs> and Jeff Withy for Milos Teodosic and a 21 yeah. second so round pick. So I'm going to take on Withy and Jurebko, and I'm the one giving up the second round pick. The yes. only player worth anything in that trade is the guy I'm giving up. And the second round pick is probably going to be better than both of those players. So yeah, hard pass. All right. That is a decline. Uh, So looking through, Oh, uh, JJ Reddick fractured his left arm. That is uh, JJ is on my team. Yikes. Uh, He's out one to two months. That is brutal for my team. Uh, So in the three games, it looks like Rob went two and one. Uh, to a six and two record overall. I'll take it. I'll take uh, with it. wins against Brooklyn and oh, lost by four to the Portland, Wizards. but he lost to the uh, Washington Wizards. Uh, let's see who killed him in that game. Uh, Buddy healed with eighteen points. Gordon Hayward with sixteen. Oh, my guy. Nine assists from Gordon Hayward too. 
Uh, taking a look at the Utah Jazz, I went two and one as well, getting nice. back into the win column with wins over the Lakers and the Mavericks lost to the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, that game, Giannis, uh, 30 and 10. Uh, came through, tried to get me the win, but Chris Paul with his 20.8 rebounds, six assist performance was first on Ilyasova with 11 boards, 10 points. Yeah, that's real. Uh, looking at Aaron, he went two and one as well. Look at all of us go. All right. So he lost to the magic, uh, but beat the Pacers and the Timberwolves. What uh, what lost in that magic game? Uh, let's take a look. That was. Uh, let's see magic clay Thompson and Markel Fultz tearing it up. JaVale McGee with the game of his career, 19 points, eight <laughs> rebounds That's and Tony Snell with 14 points. Uh, Conley put up 28 and Gallinari 21 for the Spurs in that loss. Uh, looks like they were losing the whole game. They came back, but it was not enough as the magic put up 41 points in the fourth quarter. Ouch. And I, I thought I tried to add some defensive depth to my roster. Apparently not. So let's uh, let's take a look here. I'm trying to find the power rankings. They're I think I'm going to have yet. to sim through uh, through the weekend to figure out oh, that could those, be. those power rankings. So we will get you a power ranking update on next week's show. If I uh, if I cannot find oh, here we go. So this is uh, let's see. Yeah, this isn't fully up to date, um, but. Taking a look, Rob Hess. I'm up to ninth. Draw or move? No, you were. Uh, I was tenth before. Fifth. You moved up. Oh, sorry. Five. I'm looking at the Timberwolves. Yeah. Here, so Rob moved up five in the power rankings. Uh, Aaron moved up five spots to 23rd, and I moved up four spots to 21. So Aaron, we are trending in the right directions. Uh, now this is off of. Uh, uh, looks like six games, so not fully where we're at, but uh, we'll so, take a yeah, look at close. that. Um, Coming up, it looks like a busy week ahead for Aaron. Well, we got a matchup for Rob and uh, myself as we uh, uh, both of these guys have four games and I have three. We got a head to head coming up here. Go back to the sun schedule. Oh, we do. Yeah. So, yeah, Aaron and Rob play each other November 5th. So we'll we'll cover that in depth on uh, on next week. uh, Next week's 2K Dynasty segment is. Rob the home team or, or am I? I can't tell. Uh, you are the home team. Okay. So your home games are in blue. So Not that'll sure. be a road game for Rob. Um, otherwise, the next matchup that we really have with each other, at least from what I can see, isn't for a while. The rest of November is uh, no matchup between between us, with the exception yep. of your guys' game next week. Uh, taking a look, 2K Sims and Predictions for the week for the wolves uh rob can you pull it up real quick here while i'm loading this who do the wolves play uh in the week ahead yeah let's take a look at their schedule quick so obviously well you have the the pelicans coming up here on wednesday um yep orleans yep yep and then saturday so they got a couple days off which is nice because you got towns who's got a cold um, you know, hopefully he's feeling better by that Pelicans game. But if not, it gives you a couple more days to get some rest, get some team practices in, you know, dial some stuff up. And then Saturday, November 4th is a home game at Target Center against the Dallas Mavericks. And Sunday, we have another home game against the Hornets back to back. Uh, I mean, if for my money, anyways, if we don't if we don't come out of this three, and zero, I I won't be pleased. Uh, so the the. uh 
uh, 2K18 actually has the Wolves at the same record, four and three. Just we got there a lot differently. Uh, losses to the Spurs, Jazz, and Heat, and two wins against OKC and wins against Indiana and Detroit. Yeah. Uh, previously in the season. That would have been how I would have likely predicted it. Um, I actually remember I did say I thought this Heat game would be our trap game. Yeah. Because who they, knew that the uh, Pacers and Pistons games would be our trap game? But surprisingly enough, the Pacers and Pistons are playing better basketball than, you know, one would say on paper. And, but, you know, that's why you play the games. Uh, so taking a look at the week ahead, uh, three wins for the Wolves, three and oh. Uh, beating the Pelicans by three in a very close game uh, led by Carl Towns, 36 and 19. Holy cow. I mean, I'll take that. Yeah. I mean, uh, he just had a monster game very much like that. So it's fully within the realm of Carl Towns. Uh, and then in the second game, they beat the Mavericks 123 to 97 between Carl Anthony or behind Carl Anthony Towns is 44 Jeez. and 15, three steals and three blocks too. on top of that. And only two fouls. Very impressive. And he's officially my favorite player on <laughs> NBA 2K18. Yeah, we need to, if he becomes available to you in a trade, you accept it no matter what cost. That's what it looks like. Yeah. And then 32 and 15. Uh, in a 135-94 win over the Charlotte Hornets, Jeez. Butler, Wiggins, Teagues, and Shabazz, all with uh, uh, just shy of 20 points in that game as Tom well. Tom Gibson, he's been getting some double-doubles in these Sims. Too. Yeah, 11, 11 and 11. 10 and 10 the game before. Yeah. I'll take that. And this is without Belly playing whatsoever in any of these three games. So 3-0 and prediction for the Wolves. In t- Let's get to this next article, which actually has to do with NBA 2K. Uh, Aaron, you found this one. Uh, it's titled, What if Wilt Chamberlain played in today's NBA? A 2K18 experiment. Aaron, you want to break this down? Yeah, other than the fact that I would have titled it, What Would Wilt Do? Um, that would have been perfect, right? right? <laughs> this is actually a gift from the 2K Sports Lab. NBA 2K18 allows us to carry out their own little experiment here by um, seeing what Wilt Chamberlain would do given uh, the ability to play in today's NBA. He, Wilt scored a 99 rating um, from the all-time Golden State Warriors team and they placed him on the 2017-2018 Chicago Bulls. So let's take a look at how things turned out. Chamberlain is a monster, if we all know. Uh, here's, here's a game, a notable game. Wilt scores 46 points, 23 rebounds against LeBron James's Cleveland Cavaliers. And the Bulls won. He then scores 29 points, 20 rebounds in a win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is a team that has regular rosters. So pretty darn efficient so far. Carmelo, Paul George, Westbrook. How about the defending champs, Golden State Warriors? How does Wilt stack up against them? Oh, 31 points, 19 rebounds, but they lost. Maybe they couldn't. He couldn't guard. He couldn't guard everybody. Probably is the the problem there. Uh, Wilt was named to the All Star game for the Eastern Conference. He scores thirty one points in twenty four rebounds, and it does not say he won uh, All Star MVP. So I find that a bit surprising. Yeah, I think he would get it with that kind of stat. Well, you'd stat hope so, line. right? Yeah. 
So overall, uh, Eastern Conference, his Bulls team goes 55 and 27, first seed in the Eastern Conference. Pretty, Pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. So he ends up winning Defensive Player of the Year, makes all NBA team, all defensive first team. And he led the league in rebounding and block shots. His season averages actually are points wise a little bit lower than I would expect. 20.8 points per game, 15.8 rebounds per game or 15.9, excuse me, 3.2 assists in 3.2 blocks. And he just made 57% of his free throws. Chamberlain and the Bulls ended up pushing a seven game series in the first round but they blew through the Washington Wizards in five and the Cavaliers in four swept the Cavs end up in the NBA finals. Jeez. So what you're trying to tell me is that will would succeed very well. Yeah, I, I would say so. So now he's in the finals and the Warriors swept the Bulls, the one team that they I talked about them losing to one of the top tier teams. The Warriors, they couldn't hang with them. Like I said, probably the depth is what hurt them. I mean, Wilt's only one guy. He can't guard them all. And then you're still stuck with the rest of the Bulls, right? So there's that. But a fun article. This is up on Forbes.com. Shout out to 2K Sports for doing this and putting this together. And you know what? It's just fun. So that's that's what it's all about. Uh, Rob, you also found a pretty interesting article uh, on NBA 2K, just breaking down the best features of the game. Uh, why don't you go a little bit in depth on that for us? Yeah, it's from uh, Bleacher Report. Um, for anyone that doesn't already own 2K18, I think it's just the kind of game that you really want to get. If you've ever had previous 2K games, you get a lot of the same, uh, the basics of the game, but they do a really good job. For example, my GM is, is something people have really been talking about. And there's a, there's a lot you can really do with that. So that's something that they haven't had necessarily in years past. Uh, users have a lot more options. Now you will control a former player, six years removed from a career ending injury who takes over a franchise. The NBA 2K18 senior producer, he kind of goes in depth uh, on Facebook about this new mode. Just to, and we'll go over what he says here. With 2K18, we're introducing an experience you won't find in any other game a narrative driven story based franchise experience that maintains all the user control and team building aspects that you have grown to love from my GM over the years. So it's kind of a cool concept the way they're doing it. Uh, Kevin, is, is it, is it the Mavericks? Is that the team that always loses the player? Yeah. So what GM, so when you do the, my GM story mode, uh, you play for the Mavericks and you're in the playoffs and you basically just completely blow out your knee, ruining your career. And you've put like 36 points up and the injury happens. And that's how the storyline starts. When I first saw it, I thought, well, that's random that they chose the Mavericks. Maybe they changed the team as you go through kind of thing. Uh, but no, it stays the Mavericks with, uh, with every, my GM makes sense. So some other general new features, uh, that are mentioned new CBA, they have the, the super max contracts. That's part of it now. So, you know, guys like Chris Paul, for example, that would sign that kind of thing. Um, roster minimums, stashing players overseas, trading rights, stretch provisions, exceptions. And these have all made their way into all the different modes now. So it's kind of a, 
a game wide, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like the the draft and stash option in this game. Very um, cool, right? Especially in uh, in GM, um, you you can it, it's planning for the future. And I haven't gotten to the point yet where I've had a player that I've stashed overseas, like ready to come over yet. I'm sure. not that far into it yet, but I think it's a, I think it's a great way. And they're making this game a lot more realistic and having, you know, having it be that full immersive experience. And to your point, Kevin, you're spot on in that regard, because it's the relationships that 2K Sports has with the NBA and the media around the NBA, because, you know, guys like Kobe Bryant will tweet out, you know, legends live on in the community, had a great time recording lines for NBA 2K. I mean, that's what it's all about. You have the best basketball player that there has been in the last, you know, basically outside of Michael Jordan, LeBron James has been there, but Kobe Bryant's involved. Yeah. And it's all these top tier guys that love the game. And now you're in that video game generation, you know, full on, you know, Bryant's early on generation video games was just coming around. Now all these guys, Carl Anthony Towns, for instance, I mean, he has his own Twitch channel. These guys are heavily involved in video games. It's only going to get better as I would imagine. Well, and it's, it's cool because this game and, and I, I say this game specifically 2018, you know, 2k 18 really caters to every type of basketball fan. If you're a fan of, you know, just the, the players in the game and playing the game, this is a fully immersive game experience. Very accurate. If you're a analytics nerd who loves the numbers and loves running like the, the GM mode and making the trades and all of that. This game is for you. If you're somebody who's balanced, I mean, you're going to find the best of both worlds here. This is, this is literally a, a game for every type of basketball fan. And I think this is one of the first years that, that you can honestly say that. And they, they match up well with the modern NBA too. You mentioned the analytics. They have that new analytics tool, yep. which is pretty cool. Allows you to plot any two statistics or metrics uh, or vitals against each other. So the modern NBA is so analytic driven that it's cool that the game has started to go that way as well. Uh, I mean, this, this honestly is the game that you need to get. If you are a a basketball fan, some people, um, you know, have their, their kind of ups and downs about the, the, my career story, but I mean, no, no game is honestly perfect. And if you look at every game, you can find the flaws. But if you are a basketball fan, 2K18 is the game you need to buy no matter what. Yeah, if you don't have it yet, I think a lot of these things we've pointed out are good reasons why you should get it. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, if you're skeptical about it, do the red box test. Go go red box it for a couple days until you like it and you won't be disappointed go go return your red box and then go immediately to your local game retailer and go buy this and you will not be disappointed i i see it as a game that really defines where we're at right because not only is it is it fun it's entertaining but it's hip and cool Uh, yeah video games aren't what you know people i think kind of pigeonhole them to be nowadays this is it could not be more interactive yep. it's knowledgeable people will learn stuff from this the analytics tool guarantee people will understand nba analytics more so now than ever because it's built into the game mm-hmm. so there's tons of fantastic options and my favorite aspect is playing live and in and, and playing against people 
And you actually meet some really cool people online. Now you, now you meet the opposite too, as well. But you will meet some fun play, you know, fun people to play against uh, on the live version. Yeah, you honestly can't beat it whatsoever. Uh, let's get into quarter four here, guys. Uh, this is our intermission music uh, coming into the fourth quarter. This is Chris Wu with Deserve coming up quarter four of the Howl. Yeah, 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 yeah. As always, we start this quarter off with the Howell Hardwood history. Every week we focus on a player that may have flown under your radar, but deserves that all NBA team, all, you know, all time kind of recognition. Uh, Aaron, who are we focusing on this week? 
Mark Aguirre, this week's Howell Hardwood history player, uh, started his college career off at DePaul University. He played three seasons for the team, and he averaged 24 and a half points during that span for the Blue Demons. And in 1981 was the college player of the year by the Sporting News. He was also a James Naismith Award winner in 1980. And his team, the Demons, uh, actually lost to Indiana State, Larry the Legend's own team in the Final Four. What a great run they had. During the 1978-79 season, he led the Blue Demons, like I said, to the Final Four, averaging 24 points per game as a freshman. Wow. Now, it doesn't stop there. He has a stint with the 1980 Summer Olympics um, team, and he, he plays for that squad. Ultimately, he gets drafted first overall by the Dallas Mavericks, the start of his 13 year NBA career and the 1981 draft. If we all go back to was, it was a very good draft. Um, the Mavericks actually improved by 13 games that first season with Aguirre on the team. Now, beginning in the 1982, 83 season, Aguirre reeled up six straight, um, games where he scored more than 22 points, uh, per game. And, this was the start of the offensive firepower that you would see from Aguirre. And, you know, he played with uh, a lot of solid players with the Mavericks, um, guys like Rolando Blackman, Brad Davis, Pat Cummings, um, you know, going forward in really, I think one of the key points for me is when he is traded to the Detroit Pistons, the Pistons at the time had Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars, uh, Bill Ambeer. They had an up and coming team. They just couldn't get over the hump. It was rather, um, I guess I want to say it wasn't precedence really to have a first round or first pick traded who was doing so well, um, to a team that was already so successful. It was really one of the first of its kind and Aguirre joins this team and really molded into his own. And that actually catapults the Pistons to back-to-back championships, 1988 to 89 and 89 and 90. Uh, Aguirre would end up finishing his career uh, with the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, in 1993, the Pistons released Aguirre after he cleared waivers. The Clippers signed him $150,000. Unbelievable. Uh, if you look at his career stats, this is a guy that played 13 seasons and it spanned the Dallas Mavericks, the Detroit Pistons, the Clippers, and now he's still involved with the NBA. Uh, he's an assistant on the Pacers and the Knicks from 02 to 08. Some career highlights are a two time NBA champion, a three time all star. He and won the Adolph Rupp trophy um, when he was in college or excuse me, in, in the NBA. And overall for his career, he was a 20-point-per-game scorer, five rebounds and over three assists. So fantastic career by this week's Howell Hardwood history player, Mark Aguirre. All right, there we have it. And it is now time for another wonderful edition of Can Kevin Cousy. Now, for those that don't know how to play, the game is very simple. Rob here has a list of players. Could be just one. Could be upwards of 30 is, I think, the highest we've seen Rob go. Uh, 
we don't know who it is, but he's going to give us five clues, uh, each clue easier than the last to, uh, uh, to try to get us to figure out who it is. Once we think we know the answer, uh, we go ahead and use our names as our buzzer. And if we are wrong, we are out for the remainder of that player. Uh, for right, we get a point. Rob usually has bonus points uh, and themes and, and all of that. Uh, whoever is uh, has the highest score at the end of the game is the winner. Aaron and Rob right now are tied for the season with one win apiece. And I am winless, hoping to uh, turn that around this week. So, Rob, do we have any themes, any uh, any bonus points, that kind of stuff yeah, tonight? So every person was chosen for a specific reason. And then if you were able to get what that reason is, there's actually a, I guess, a bonus fact about that specific reason. So if someone if someone figures out how each one of these players was chosen, then there's kind of a bonus that you could get with that. So. So Let's get it started. Two bonus or one bonus? There's possibly two, but you kind of have to get the the main one for for to have a chance at the other one. Okay, hold on. Go go over that one more time for me. That's unbelievable. I feel like I mean every player was chosen for a specific reason. Okay, just worry about that right now. Okay, and it's uh as usual, it's still worth three points if you get them. All right, all right. So let's get it started. Some thought he was washed up, but has looked good so far this year. He and his current team almost parted ways over the off season. He is most known for his time with the Blazers. His first name is not Cole. Kevin. LaMarcus Aldridge. Marcus Aldridge. Off to a good start. Trying for his first win. Ever. Number two. He is an animal. Undrafted in 1999 out of Blinn College. A six foot ten power forward center. Last played with the Cavs. Suffered an ACL tear that ended his season last year. Birdman. Kevin. That was me for sure. Mm -mm. That was a close one. Go to Topper. Topper, who did it? Aaron. I thought I did think it was Aaron. All right. Chris Anderson. Chris Anderson's correct. Number three. Born in Germany. His first and last name end with an F. Kevin. Kevin. Detlef Schrempf. That's correct. Nice now, one. Here's the deal. Bonus point if you can spell it correctly. D-E-T-L-E-F-F-S-C-H. Correct. You're already wrong. Damn it. Aaron, you need a point if you can spell D-E-T-L-E-F. it right. D-E-T-L-E-F. Last name. S-C-H-R-E-M-P. F. That is correct. Oh, Nicely are done. You kidding me? Nicely done. Yeah. He gets one bonus point. Yeah, he gets one for that. Oh man. That was solid. That was solid. That's a tough name. It is. Well, except when you have a massive amount of NBA knowledge, oh then it's God. you know. Here we go. Getting some stroke. <laughs> yeah, he should lose a point now. All right, next one. He recently liked a tweet regarding Demarcus Cousins and a possible return to Sacramento. 26th overall pick by the Lakers in 89, a seven foot one center. All-star in 2001 when he was with the Kings, his jersey was eventually retired by Aaron. the Kings. Oh, Aaron. Vladi Divac. Yep, that is correct. Next one. His last name is the first name of a current gopher. 
He started his career in 2003 with the Huntsville Flight, and he was a small forward for LSU in college. Played with the Wolves during the 05-06 season. Helped develop Ben Simmons when he was the director of student development at LSU. Ronald McDonald. Five, four, three, two, one. Aaron. Aaron, you don't get five extra seconds. Just say it or you don't know it. Well, I'm just thinking nope, about nope, it. Nope, you don't Bob. know. All right. So the answer is Ronald Dupree. And crickets. Dupree McBrayer, by the way, is the, is the gopher. Yeah. All right. Ugh. Number six. So That's one for me. Die for Rob. Fans. All right, next one. Three-time NBA champ. His son has the same name as him, but he's a junior, obviously. And most recently played for the Sixers last year, but he was drafted by the Bobcats. Aaron. Aaron. Gary Payton. Incorrect. Well, that's a gift. VCU for college, a six foot two point guard drafted by the Spurs. Oh. Last played for the Rockets in 92. Oh, my goodness. He's most known for his steal on James Worthy in the 84 finals. G.H. Kevin. Kevin. Glenn Hill. Incorrect. Who the heck is Glenn I Hill? I don't know either. Grant Hill mixed with Glenn Rice. I mean, you, you <laughs> won't, you, you know, you might, maybe you don't know this guy, but you definitely know his son. Which is why I threw in the sun hints. But GH, any guesses, Aaron? Oh, it's back to me now? Well, he got it wrong, so it, it opens it back up. Is there any more hints? No, that's it. GH. <laughs> GH. Aaron. Aaron. Grant Hill. Incorrect. Grant Hill was definitely not drafted by... Well, I, yeah, that doesn't make sense. He wasn't drafted by the Spurs. I know, and I lost track of all the clues all right, in, well, in the midst of all That's one that. for me. Gerald Henderson. Oh, man. I thought for sure the Bobcats and the Sixers hint was was made it obvious. All right, number seven, the Starship Enterprise. Six foot four guard, Kansas for college. Seventh overall pick by the Bulls in 03. Kevin. Kevin. Kirk Heinrich. Kirk Heinrich. Captain Kirk. Boy, I tell you what, how many Kirk Heinrich clues and answers do we have on this show? I don't know. We've, we've done it a few times. But he comes up a lot. He Rob comes is up a lot. digging deep here with these clues. Number eight. He is somehow a superhero and a locker room cancer. Aaron. Aaron. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. <laughs> this isn't going to be a traditional track meet, Kevin, where it's like, you know, 14. What's an update here? 17. What's the score update? Uh, it is four to three. Aaron leads four to three. Nice. In, it's close. in this week's edition of Can Kevin Cousy. So thanks for listening here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. And this is going to be this week's winner, Aaron Groshan. Back to you, Rob. All right, number nine. His brother is a current T Wolf. Twenty ninth overall pick by the Bulls in two thousand twelve out of Kentucky. Six foot two point guard. Currently plays for the Memphis Hustle of the D-League. M-T. Aaron. Aaron. Five, four, three, two, one. I want to say it's uh, it's Ajit. Teague and it's Marcus. but That's correct. He there. was way over on his time. No, no, no. You no, got no. to zero and then he no. started answering the question. No, that was pretty spot on. Let's no, not, it wasn't. Get out of here. Let's take a break here. We don't want to have an issue. Not like we'd already week. gone through five clues, that's, though. So it's whoever says it. 
We'd already gone through five clues. Yeah, but he buzzed in, and then he took more than five seconds to answer the question. It should have been opened back up to me. I think there's a you place. Buzz in. There's a place in the lunchroom where you can file workplace grievances, Kevin. It was at the end, so you could have buzzed in. You didn't. No, you didn't I understand, but he buzzed in. You counted down to five, and then there was silence. He didn't answer, but then you didn't buzz in either. All right, let's keep it moving. You could have buzzed in. Is all I'm saying. Whatever. But you could have buzzed in. Whatever. All right, number ten. He shoots weird. <laughs> Western Carolina for college. Drafted by the Kings in 2004, a six foot seven shooting guard. Aaron. Aaron. Five, four, three, two. Kevin Martin. Yeah, that is correct. Why do you wait so long? I because I draw a blank on the name. Like I got excited because I knew him. Don't buzz in. Well, that's what happens sometimes. That's the beauty of, you know. All right. What happens? Number 11. Currently plays for the Rockets, a six foot eight forward. He played for the Wolves in 2013-2014. 37th overall pick by the Bucks in 08 out of UCLA. He has a long name. Bamute. Kevin. Aaron. Luke Bamute. That's correct. Now, two bonus points if you can spell his full name completely correct. L U C B. Eh. Oh, his full name. His full name. Kevin. I know how you did this. Spell this. L U C. Yep. M. Incorrect. His full yep. name. Luke Richard yep. Mamute is yep. what he's known as. Yep. Oh. I knew the that's Richard what is what with. is what you were missing. Yep. But yeah, it's pronounced Ba Amute, the last name. So, kind of a fun fact. All right, number twelve. The Wolves in 08-09 is now a college coach. The question matches his number. It's question 12, if you aren't paying attention. Undrafted in 95 out of Connecticut, a six foot two point guard. Aaron. Aaron. Kevin Ollie. Kevin Ollie. Clue four was not Draves. <laughs> All right, 13. He is currently injured and will be out until January or February. He is currently a player for the Bucks. Kevin. Kevin. Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker. Uh, you know what? I was going to buzz in. But you didn't. I know, and I didn't because I thought he was going to be back sooner than that. But uh, oh All well. right, next one. The Price is Right. The first name he goes by is Initials. Played for the Wolves in 2013-2014. Six-foot-two point guard out of UConn. AJP. Aaron. Aaron. AJ Price. AJ Price. What's a scoring update? 9 4, Aaron. 9 4. Right. Next one. He looks like Genghis Khan. Aaron. Aaron. Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams is correct. Oh, he's running away with it. There's a lot of questions left. A lot of questions left. That's okay. 16. Tennessee for college. 19th pick by the Hornets in 2011. Six foot eight forward. Aaron. Aaron. Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. Wow. On fire. On Topper, fire. are you enjoying this or what? <laughs> yeah, Topper's <laughs> loving it. All right, next one. Not a dog, but a blank. And that's the only hint. Kevin. Kevin. Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns. Nice job. That was a good one. 
I like was like started thinking about like a Snoop Dogg song for a second. I was like, I don't know what's going on. All right. Next one. He is not an alien movie from the 80s. Six foot seven wing out of Ohio State. He felt bad when the wolves dropped in the lottery, so they could not take him. Aaron. Aaron. Evan Turner. Evan Turner's correct. He's what just was in the, the alien zone. movie? He's just in the zone tonight. What's the alien movie reference? E.T. E.T., like the guy, like E.T. phone home. E. That's yeah. an alien movie. No, he's a human. <sighs> well, he, he's, yeah, I know. I feel like no I was matter thinking what happens, like, now Aaron loses this. No, I was thinking alien predator. So th- oh, anyways. Okay. All right. 19. His dad's name is John. He currently plays with the Reno Bighorns. Five foot 11 point guard college at Gonzaga. David. Kevin. Kevin. David Stockton. David Stockton. Nice. Number 20. He currently plays with the Pacers, but was a wolf in 09-2010. NC State and Georgia for college, a six foot six wing. Undrafted in 04. 37 years old. Nephew of Dominique. Aaron. Aaron. Damian Wilkins. Damian Wilkins. Wait, it threw me off with his age and then the year he got drafted. And then it does. I did realize like, wow, that's all right. 21. Oh, I was like, we're done with him. Oh, of course. We got to move. We got to do this. 21. Number 12. Known for his time with the Hawks. Third overall pick by the Jazz. Six foot eight, small forward out of Georgia. He is highlighted for his human film. Aaron. Aaron. Dominique Wilkins. Dominique Wilkins, yep. Do you like how I phrased that? Human highlight film? I thought that was good. Kevin, what's the score? Uh, I, I got I to gotta, I guess on the hint here. Six. All of these players have family ties in the NBA. Incorrect. I mean, ah. That's possible. And actually, now that I'm looking at the list, it does. It, it's common, but that's not what it is. That's 14 dirty, six. 14-6. You still got it. You got a chance. Yeah, 14-6 here. Dash Radio. You're listening to the Nothing But Net channel. This is The Howl and our fourth quarter segment, Can Kevin Cousy. We do this every week, so tune in Wednesdays, 2 p.m. Central Time. This is the last segment of the show. Kevin, let's get it going. Rob, take it away. All right, 22. He is a historic player in 2K18. Six foot three point guard, Kansas for college. Ninth overall pick by the Celtics in 1969. Played against the famous Texas Western team in the finals in college. JoJo. Oh, no. Five, four, (sighs) three. To Aaron. Aaron. Do you actually know? I Joe know. Joe Harris. Incorrect. Uh, I didn't know. I I can, can like I can, s- I can I can see him. I can't. Uh Jojo White. Yeah. Uh. All right, 23. His brother plays for Miami. He currently plays for Emporio Armani Aaron. Milano. Aaron. Goran Dragic. Incorrect. 
Six foot five wing. Played briefly for the Suns and the Heat. Z D. Kevin. Kevin. Zoran Dragic. Zoran Dragic. So I couldn't tell if the question was pointed at who it was pointed at there. I said his brother currently plays for Miami. I thought that was. I know. And then, then I screwed that part up. It's okay. I can't be perfect. You know. All right. Next one was number 12 at LSU. Six foot 10 power forward center. Fourth overall pick by the Blazers in 06. Known mostly for his time with the Bulls and Bobcats. T.T. Aaron. Aaron. Trent Five. Tucker. No. Incorrect. I know. I don't know. He's not six foot eight. Guess he didn't work. Oh my gosh. T.T. Tim Thomas. Nope. Good guess, though. That was a good guess. Much better than Trent Tucker. Nope. Uh, I'm going to have to give you this one. Aaron. It's, okay. Tim Thomas. He just. Oh my gosh. You know what? He loses the point. No. Are you serious? He loses the point. Point has been taken from him, wasting our time. And wow! The same Come thing. on! I legitimately just said Tim Thomas. Well, we can't have some comedy on the show. I mean, please. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of comedy when you're. That involved. just wasn't yeah, funny. Yeah. Oh, Tyrus Thomas. Tyrus Thomas. Hey, guess that theme. Sure. All of these players wore the jersey number twelve. That is correct. Oh, at some point, because obviously yes. Towns is not yeah. twelve now. He was twelve in college, though. Yes. That is correct. Now, here's the thing. So that is the main theme. But there's something there's also you're probably not going to get this, but there's something special about the number 12 uh, when it comes to the NBA. So if if one of you is able to guess that, um, we'll give you we'll give you three more points. Had the most all stars wear that jersey number. Nope. Ooh, I like that. Good guess, though. That's uh, well, that's that might be true, but that's not what it is. That's not the theme I made. That's all. All right. Next one. I'm intrigued to find out what it's going to be. Close to previous price. Six foot eight small forward out of NC State. 14th overall pick in 2014 by the Suns. Signed a four year, $50 million contract on September 26th of this year. Aaron. Aaron. TJ Warren. TJ Warren. What was the hint on the price again? How did that correlate there? I said close to previous price because TJ Price was familiar. Uh, I'm with you. Oh, no, AJ Price. Yeah. That was a bad hint. Right? When I was making this, I clearly had a brain fart. All right, 26. Was it silent? <laughs> <laughs> Last played for the Heat in 2014, a six foot four guard. 25th overall pick out of Michigan State in 06 by the Cavs. Won multiple NBA championships with the Lakers. Shannon. Aaron. Aaron. Shannon Brown. Shannon Brown. <laughs> Next one. Pistons Bill. Kevin. Kevin. Bill Lambeer. Incorrect. You, you pulled an Aaron. Yeah, he I was said trying to get Aaron with that he one. He set the bait out there for me in 2006 D League Rookie of the Year. Hmm. Six foot point guard, undrafted out of Georgia Tech, but he also played at Arizona before that. Okay. Last played with the Windy City Bulls last season. You haven't given me one clue worth a, worth nothing. Bynum. Aaron. Aaron. Andrew Bynum. Oh my gosh. Incorrect. Kevin. Kevin. Bill Bynum? I'm going to give you that. Will Bynum, yeah. Bill Bynum? I'm going to give it to him. 
Did he ever go by Bill? Better than your fucking guess. I'm giving it to him. I'm giving it to him. Bill Bynum. Andrew Bynum. Andrew Bynum. Like, how is he Pistons? And what's the bill? Dude. Ugh. Rob, you have no idea when when the mics are on, we're on, you know, we're sitting here in the den. I'm wanna know this year, so I do have an the idea. Howl. I'm wanna know, so I do have an idea. It just pressure happens in your brain, it feels like it's in a vice, and you just spew out stuff that happens. All okay. Right. We'll go with that. All right, but, twenty-eight. Point guard drafted by the Wolves in 09. Drafted by the Wolves, but was traded on draft night. Florida for college. Only NBA team was the Grizzlies. He's with Panathinaikos currently. Nick. Kalathis. Kevin. Kevin. Nick Kalathis. Nick Kalathis. <laughs> nice job, Rob. I was a fan of his in college. He was decent with Memphis. Sure. All right, next one. Seven foot undrafted center. Last played for the Warriors in 2012. D League Defensive Player of the Year in 03. Nebraska for college. A powerhouse in basketball. Moore. Mikey. Kevin. Kevin. Mike Moore. I'll give that to you, yeah. Oh, my God. It's Bob Bynum. Mikey Moore. That's what I, yeah. Bob Bynum and Mikey Moore. Bob Bynum. What? (laughs) Yeah. Aaron. You should lose Uh, another point for that garbage. This last one has one hint only. Aaron. Okay. This Bob counts. Cousy. No, incorrect. Jike Mames. Kevin. Kevin. Mike James. Mike James is correct. <laughs> What's the scoring update? Oh, God. Uh, How many bonus points did I get? Three for that wait, one? Before, wait, but here's the thing. Before he says that, if someone can figure out the last bonus, I will give them 10 points. Before he's even said it, so I can't. I'm not saying that's enough. It might not be. Before he does it, I'll give well, 10. Well, I'd hope Kevin's within 10. I mean, I just gave him the last two. To be fair, I gave him the last two. Sure, whatever. Okay. So there's one more theme. Well, yeah. So it's uh. So the number twelve has uh. There's something oh. about it in the, when it comes to the NBA. You would each get one guess is kind of the standard. All right. So Kevin can guess first. I mean, it doesn't matter who guesses first. Well, he should. It's only fair. It, it literally doesn't matter. Either one of you, whoever has a guess, make it. So the number 12 has some significance in the NBA. Uh, let's see. Do you have anything, Aaron? Or are you just going to sit there? I'm waiting on you. Yeah. So stupid. All right. Um, Five seconds. Someone's got to make a guess. It's got the most. It, it's the most common number as like a team, like a, a player selects. I'm going to give that to you. Yep. It's the number one used number one. It's the most used Jersey in the NBA number. That's the win. No, it's not. That is the win What's the score. Uh, it was 17, 11. So that puts me at 21, 17. Unless I counted wrong. Let's look. You guys are. I got the last four in a row, which really kept me in it. Otherwise, Aaron would have won. You guys are best friends. It's That's so the snipe sick. is what that one, is. two, That's five, That's the last question. Four. What so it was four, already four, over, yeah. That was just four. the last bonus. Wow. Five, five, I'm gonna go home five, and six, just sixes. Punch a pillow or something. Cry, seven. Cry tears. Yeah. Eight, nine, ten, seven, ten, eight, eleven, eight. 12, Rob is 13, I love that. 14, oh, 15, it's gonna be worth ten just 15, randomly nine, out of nowhere. 16, I didn't know how many 17, was down though. 10. I thought you were up by more, to be honest. Uh-huh. Eighteen oh sorry, eighteen eleven. So twenty one eighteen. 
So hope you feel good about it. I feel great. Oh, I was just a wreck. You, you so look like thank you needed a box of tissues halfway through. Whew. I was struggling, but that was the win. What a great way to end the night. I liked sure. it. I liked it. It's a, it's a, it's a Kevin win. So I'm going to go home happy. I'm going to get my sleep tonight. Aaron, try not to dwell on this too much. You can have your chance next week. Uh, again, for everybody listening on the nothing but net network dash radio. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as always, you can hear us every week from what is it, Aaron? Two to five, two to five, Kevin, two, two to five. five. And when do we get the replays? Saturdays, 10 a.m. You can't miss us either time. What a great show uh, for Rob, Aaron, uh, our wonderful producer, Topper. Until next week, let me get a howl. Wasn't that good? Kind of wines. Yeah, at least I was good to you. 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 I can't make no fucking promises. Lifestyle getting out of control. Lifestyle getting ludicrous. I made a million less than a year and I blew that on stupid shit. Typed it in like how to make a million. I used to Google it. Savannah just wanted to see me perform and got hit over stupid shit. I woke up and saw this shit right on my phone. They don't know who the shooter is. You never know, never feel untouchable I touch your soul, made you feel so comfortable If I let you go, I would feel so skeptical Unacceptable, but I still gotta let you know Yeah that I can't make no fucking promises I can't make no fucking promises I can't make no fucking promises Yeah Lifestyle on the road, sheesh Used to always want a roadie Now I want a new two-tone gold petite Yeah we couldn't go to Philippe's I had to be on that corner until it was morning So me and my niggas could eat I be the one with the sauce I never thought it was sweet I got my foot in the door They never gave me the key I had to turn to a key Even when I was a boy I was the man in the streets I was the man with the heat I was a beast Sheesh, he had her heart But she tried to give it to me Damn But she can't keep no fucking promises Shit, I'm coming with a lot of money Money comes with a lot of shit Told Mo, bring the studio to everywhere we go And that's a lot of hits Slow Mo in my videos when the lights out All my diamonds hit Something about blue faces I like money conversations Whole lot of 20s, that's basic Nigga, fuck it, I'm shameless Can't fuck with a snitch, nigga If you get caught, don't say shit Have you ever met another nigga like me? I bet you won't say shit I went from rag to riches I bagged the bitches that gave me the straight face I hit the baddest bitches is sad But I had the curve in the same day I treated them bad I wouldn't be mad if I was to get treated the same way so treat me the same way, same way, same way I was a savage to you, I had to give up and put on my hoes to the side I swear if I ever left you in the cold, it's cause it was colder inside Look and I swear if you ever try to leave me alone, I hope you don't turn to a die Most of the niggas that call me only hit my phone because I get money in life I be the one with the throne, you say you gon' take it, but nigga we know that's a lie Even before we was on, the money was long, yeah we used to fuck up the spot Bitches was singing my song, I knew I was on, right when I bust down the watch Niggas was hating before and they hate on me now, but don't know what to say to me now I was gonna do it to her, but I don't really wanna use her Keep giving excuses, when you really gonna link up Even if I sound stupid, I'ma say what's real to her Even if you're not truthful, fuck it, I'ma still be good to you Yeah, at least I was good to you At least I was good to you Yeah, at least I was good to you At least I was good to you